Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. What's up, everybody? (laughs) Episode 148. I was talking to someone this weekend, Nick, at a tournament, and we're getting really close to 150. And that's almost 100. That's probably more than 150 weeks that we've been doing this. And anything you do for 150 weeks is a bad habit. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) What's up, dude? (laughs) Yeah. Now I'm just hanging out back down in Virginia after a weekend in Maryland. And uh, yeah, just hanging out. Yeah. Episode uh, 148 here. This episode presented by who? Cosmic. I am wearing their hat right now. CosmicDG.com. Check them out. Get paid to run tournaments. They also sell stuff for you that you're going to enjoy in the disc golf world. Check them out. Cosmic Vibes. All right. Uh, Wow. Let's bring Evan in. There's a lot going on this weekend, as every week. I don't think we've ever had an episode where we said, hey, not much. Well, actually, in the offseason, we say not much going on, but but we always come up with something. How are you doing, Evan? You've you've moved. I have. I've had a busy weekend. Not as busy as the uh, folks over in uh, Nokia, Finland, but I'm going to call it pretty busy. Okay. You can see my wonderful... Yeah, moving I'm, into my office. You can see a box in the background. I'm and, pretty uh, sure chair. Evan said right before we went live, like, hey, you can go full if you want to, but it's not ready yet. And intern yeah, Ben on course. purpose. Yeah, of course. Yep. Snickers yeah, I as guess he goes I, full. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't have said that. I was, uh, <laughs> you shouldn't have because <laughs> it wouldn't have happened. It's okay. Okay, so... European Open happened. Uh, First time major winners. Repeat major winners. Um, Paul Macbeth, DNF. Uh, There's there's a lot. Um, We had picks. We had who's going to outperform their average performances at this event. We'll talk about that. We've got Haley King lined up. She did not travel over to Europe. Uh, She should be ready to go i would imagine not you know no jet lag or anything we'll talk to her and see what she has to say about uh the disc golf world and her her situation uh we also have a local who let me sell it to you this way this kid's really cool you've seen him on simon's vlogs he is always in our live chat or very often in our live chat harry chase he just took down an a tier in new york and you're like, okay, not a big deal. But you had Paul Kranz, you've heard a few times, Am World Champion. Uh, not current, but recent Am World Champion, who you saw Simon invite onto Team Disc Mania. So that's the connection there. You have Harry Chase, who's been on the Simon's vlogs. And now he just went down to New York and he took down an A tier against a US champion, Steve Brinster, in, another, in a strong, strong field. So we're going to have him on the talk. It's always good to hear from the local players as well. We'll make it exciting for you. I think we even have a stat or a fiction. So with all of that being said, you think it's just time we just get right into uh, some stats right away? European Open, Evan, you ready? Yeah. Let's let's throw it into President's Cup first. Oh, Before we a, get into European Open. Play. I'll, I'll so Evan, lead that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I, no, I want Nick to lead that. Well, President's Cup, pretty awesome this year. Not going to lie, it was a little extra special. Don't mind my random stuff right there. A uh, little extra special this year as my company, Discira, was able to create the player jerseys this year. Um, we actually brought a lot of them in-house as well, sold them online, and the Team USA ones sold out they very, very quickly. They looked horrible. 
No, I'm kidding. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't been told that yet. Okay, I, I just have <laughs> just to bring kidding. the. I just have to bring the yeah. bring the controversial yeah. take. Yeah, exactly. That so, uh, anyways, it was uh, it was really cool seeing the best players in the world representing their countries with jerseys that uh, my company was able to provide with them. Shout out to UC and the Dismania crew and the European Open crew for even giving us the opportunity for it. And shout out to all the players during Presidents Cup it was pretty awesome. But we still have some Team Europe jerseys. They're the blue and gold. They're pretty awesome looking. They seem they say Team Europe on them. But uh, anyways, they're on DiscoDG.com. But it was a pretty awesome experience. Evan, take it away. All right. Well, the losers have the jersey still available. I say that with love, of course. They made it incredibly close. Um, USA has historically dominated at this event. And I, I don't know how much we've talked about what the format is. So let me back up a second. Uh, it's um, the continent of US versus continent of Europe. They form teams. You have uh, in the history, it's been anywhere from like four MPO players to like seven or eight MPO players. And then it's always consistently been two FPO players. Uh, and so this year, I believe it was six and two. I'm not, I, honestly, it, it's kind of a blur because uh, this week has been uh, <laughs> so much disc golf to take, uh, to take in. Um, but Team Europe was leading after the stroke play portion, which is how you start it. Um, and then they, they play two nine hole rounds and they play the, uh, official course that you do for the tournament, but select holes, uh, team Europe was leading halfway through at the mark. Uh, they then get paired up to play match play and it was looking good for Europe. Then it swung way in USA's favor. And then it kind of swung back to really close and I wasn't able to watch the end of it. Um, but I do know, I, I think it was Lori Lettinen versus Paul Macbeth correct nick you mm -hmm. might know this better than me if you yep. want to take a swing at this now no you're good uh and lori had a i think i heard 15 putt a 15 foot putt to either tie or to get the win i'm not sure exactly but didn't uh wasn't able to cash it in and team usa goes into the victory and that marks 11 and 0 for team usa they've won every single iteration of this event uh all throughout the years undefeated uh and it was it, it felt like it was as close as europe is gonna get and it feels like the momentum's all in europe too i think going into this event next year uh in 2024 president's cup it's it's going to feel neck and neck, and I think people are going to be itching for Europe to get a victory, but not this year, not quite yet. Okay. Uh, I was trying to track some of that. I'm sure it was really good. Corey Ellis is texting me right now. We were trying to line him up. Um, he says he'd love to be on maybe next week. So there's that quick shout out there. He's, he's just landing in New York. He's back, quote, home in the USA. There you go. Sorry for that interjection, but it was going on right now. Yeah. Well, let's swing it right into the uh, recap of the European Open. And it, I'm going to hold off on the winners for just a second. And I'm, I, I truly am not dogging on Europe. I love all the Europeans. I think they so much growth and so much to uh, like positivity to look in uh, to the European game. But I do have to share a stat uh, that there was no Europeans in the top 10 of MPO uh, at the European Open, which is close as the... Uh, uh, President's Cup was between the two continents. Uh, the actual tournament was very much in the U.S.'s favor. Uh, of course, we've seen all but one of the winners of the, um, the either side previous to this event being a European. Um, but then we saw no Europeans in the top ten. But in the FBO side, let's talk about a specific European, Kristen Tatar, who wins who this event in <laughs> dominating fashion. It, it, like if you tuned in for literally two seconds of this mm. tournament. Uh, through any round, doesn't matter which one. Y I think you 
we're going to assume that Kristen Tatar won. I mean, people were probably assuming it before it started with Paige Pierce uh, having that injury and Kristen Tatar just being as dominating as she was. Uh, that's not to discredit the other players in the field. I mean, Katrina Allen just beat her in Minnesota and was in the field. Um, but I, even after that round one, you could just feel that like Kristen was on her game. The other players were just, you know, I don't want to say off, but just not as dialed as Kristen Tatar was. Uh, I'm not sure the strokes after round one, it might've been around four or five or six, but round two, I believe it was 13 strokes. Uh, we ran a stat that that was, uh, oh my goodness, I'm blanking if it was four or five, but around that range of uh, ever 13 stroke lead through two rounds, she was off to a record pace. Uh, ended up being a 16 stroke victory for Tatar. Um that's three in a row now. She won worlds. Uh, I don't have these numbers. I'm going to interrupt me, you and ask this question just for okay, fun for in it. the middle of stats. And this isn't a quick, this, this isn't a long discussion. Like what kind of fan are you? Are you most excited by this? Like you're eager to watch how it finishes out with a large lead or are you most excited by a tight finish? I will answer first. It's an, it's an exciting tight finish that I'm looking forward to. I'm excited for her, but I am kind of bored by watching the event. Either of you? Uh, I guess if it's if it's one of my friends who I'm really rooting for, <laughs> you're like more. Strokes. I just I don't care four strokes, eight strokes, ten strokes, whatever. I just want to see them win, whether it's tight okay. match or not. But if it's not one of my friends really in contention, then yeah, watching a tight battle is obviously a lot more fun. Like what what we just had at European Open. I mean, I'm pretty good friends with AB, and I was rooting him for him the whole way. And then when hole 16 happened, which we'll talk about in a bit. Corey Ellis was my guy to root for because another team discraps player. I think he's an incredible dude, super, super nice. And, um, but yeah, so that was exciting in and of itself. Just, with I that. just, I bring it up. I'm just being honest. I found it hard to engage with the FPO competition because of that. Again, I think it just was not I, yeah. as exciting for me to watch. I kind of was like, well, we know what's going to happen. Like that's yeah. where my mind was. So I don't need to be glued to the TV. All right. I yeah. interjected. Well, I think, I mean, Sorry. I mean, Look at it like Worlds last year in the FPO division. Kristen was kind of running away with it going into that final round and just progressively throughout that round. But you really want to see Kristen win her first Worlds. Oh, yeah. So you're excited and you're in tune yes. with it the whole time. Same thing. This was her first European Open win. She hasn't played it since 2019 um, because of injury back then. So it was really cool to be able to see her win this event. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree a little bit more with Nick that – there, there are things that you get excited for. I mean, Worlds last year, uh, Kristen was sitting, I would say, in the driver's seat, but it was close for a lot of those first three and a half pushing. It wasn't until the end of the fourth round that it really felt like, okay, this is this is Kristen walking away with it. Um, you had Hannah Blomers, who, who was looking really good at that time before kind of the, you know, the, the putting uh, – difficulties came in i mean she wasn't you know a, a top level putter but was uh not what we've seen in recent weeks um that being said that was exciting throughout the tournament you were engaged and the final round was a little bit of a cakewalk but it was it was so exciting like nick was saying getting that first win you saw that um lead just explode and when it gets so far in one direction that gets really exciting too so we saw that at champions cup she was a hot round all four rounds uh and then has this 14 stroke victory um, for as big as that field was at Champions Cup, they had so many women in the FPO field um, that it was the largest win we've ever seen with that number of players. And then we come to European Open. I mean, feels a little bit slimmer. We're not seeing all the best uh, U.S. players over there, but still, you know, a solid field. But you're, 
you're seeing her just have this dominance. How far can she push it in one direction? Uh, that's a tough mental battle to want to push as hard as you can for all four rounds. Uh, I didn't get to catch the last two. I mean, it, it's also at not the best time zones for the U S people watching. Uh, mm. but it, from watching scores, it looked like, you know, she either just kind of came back to earth a little bit, or she was taking her foot off the gas and was just, you know, just trying to play. She had the victory as long as she just didn't do anything crazy bad. And yep. that's exactly what she did. She just kept on rolling and, and got the win. That's another great little point you brought up. We got off topic of the stats, but the time zones and watching it, it was, and I'm on, I'm talking, but you leave leaving Evan up. That's cool. Oh, my bad. I was typing to the chat. <laughs> I don't mind, but it makes Evan feel awkward. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll start, I'll start mouthing the mass words. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, is knowing when I woke up, like the round was already over on the East Coast and so what I would do, and it was cool thanks to DGN and, you know, the coverage, like I could turn it on and have it playing when I wanted to during work. Like I could have it on the TV on the wall and I could watch it uh, and get it kind of live, really not live, but like for me experiencing it live. But again, like being able to see the score and going, oh, 15 stroke lead or whatever. So anyways, it was it was really uh, incredible performance by her. That's I'm not taking away the performance. I'm taking away the excitement of wanting to tune in to watch it. Uh, maybe to watch her finish out like I want to see her finish and be excited yes but every play it's kind of like yeah anyways enough of that uh, what else do we got for stats well uh, to round it out with Kristen Tatar that's three straight majors she has won going back to worlds and champions cup we were mentioning I mean worlds was by eight strokes champions cup was by 14 this one was by 16 a lot of dominant wins of course um, she's only the fourth fifth player ever to win three straight majors in FPO uh, I mean, the the likes that she's with, you know, Juliana Corver, uh, Elaine King, Paige Pierce, and Valerie Jenkins. Uh, that's elite class that, I mean, Kristen Tatar was probably already with, but another accolade that she is now with them. Uh, she also has completed her career um, Grand Slam. Uh, that's winning all four majors. Of course, you know, disc golf has had a variety of majors throughout the years. Worlds has been the consistent one. Uh, USDGC and US Women's kind of came in at the turn of the century. Uh, Europe European Open has been every other year kind of mixed with some European, uh, other European majors. But now we kind of have a consistent um, uh, four majors a year with European Open, Champions Cup, and then Worlds and US Women slash USDGC. So Tatar is only the second player to win the modern Grand Slam. Of course, that's just the last two years. So it's a pretty small list. Anyways, uh, Paige Pierce did it first by winning Champions Cup in 2022. But Kristen Tatar gets it here. Uh, she won U.S. Women's in 2019, just to clarify um, if that wasn't already known. So this is her fourth major is win this, of her career. Is that the correct wording, Evan? You're you're a big sports guy. And like to say career Grand Slam is a thing. Uh, to me, it feels like it would need to be in one season like Paul did. Uh, but you're specifying a career. But is that a thing in disc golf or in all sports? I, I can't speak for all sports. I mean, it, it comes from tennis, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, yep. which is not my forte. Uh, I we didn't coin this term. We kind of heard it around in pre-event okay. that it, putting the career in front of it. But as far as I know, grand slam is winning all, all the majors in a single season. So we've only seen her do two right. out well, of four. You can but, specify so career. Career. two for two right now though, this year. <laughs> yeah. She's on yeah. her way. Yeah, yeah. Which brings me into my last stat is we have never seen a major sweep uh, for a season with, uh, well, I'll say three or more majors, but we're in the four four major uh, stretch. So also not four or more majors in the FPO uh, division. 
in the FPO division. Okay. Thank you for correcting me there. Gotcha. Because um, yeah, I knew cause... Paul was going to come out of the woodworks and be like, <laughs> yeah. damn it, Evan's messing with me again. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he'll get it. I'll, I'll get a teaching moment. Yeah. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to condescend Paul last week. I just want to be clear with that. I just thought it was a cool, cool stat that there yeah. was a, a non-US yeah, yeah. national tour event. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, good catch there. Thank you for that. Uh, gotcha. For We've never seen an FPO major sweep uh, for four or more events. We saw Juliana Corver do it in 1999 with two majors. Uh, and then we saw Valerie Jenkins win four in 2008, but that year there was actually five majors. So she won four out of five, which kind of hurts almost, but uh, I, I don't think she won four in a row in 2008. I think it was four. She won three. Uh, Angela Shigfrey won one, and then Val won the fifth, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But that's all my Christmas star stats for wow. now. Actually, nope. As I'm saying this, I realize I got one more that I want to talk about. Uh, we'll bring it back to Disc Golf Pro Tour points. We've talked a lot of majors. Uh, she now leads by, let me pull it up real quick, uh, 336.25 points over Katrina Allen in second. She already had this record, uh, but with the win in a major, it grows even more. This is the largest ever points lead in Disc Golf Pro Tour standings history. Going back to 2016, of course, we see more events now than ever, but we're also seeing more parity uh, in us. It may be more parity in MPO because obviously Tatar has been so good, but uh, we're seeing more players on the Disc Golf Pro Tour than ever. Uh, so very cool to see her have such a large lead. I think it's now five calculated weeks in a row that she's either tied or grown her record of largest wow. lead ever. <laughs> So not too shabby. Yeah, the chat has been debating this for a little bit, or at least putting out the idea of is this the Kate, you know, the KT Kristen Tatar era? Is this the dominance we're gonna see for like an you know the era, the decade? And my my take on that is that I wasn't fully here because she is not an explosive player. You've heard me talk about this, and I thought there's no way she is going to be the best for a long time because she's not explosive, but she plays really good, strategic, smart, consistent, like every word that you can give to it. That's how she's doing this. So you can't take away the dominance factor. But if you were to put somebody up there that you can see throw explosive shots in the FPO division, and you can see someone who's taking extreme and maybe it's because Kristen doesn't have to do that. She's like, I don't even have to do that. So why yeah. would I? So you get that side of it too. But I think for someone to beat Kristen, it's going to have to be someone different than is currently in the field or someone who is currently in the field is going to have to change their gameplay style because I know the talent is there, but we're seeing a formula from the other FPO players that's not really working. Sometimes it works, as we see, sometimes but it's not consistent. So I feel like either the gameplay strategy, mental game, something's going to have to shift for some of these players, um, or it's going to have to be a new player to come on the scene who already has those skills and just ready to learn disc golf. So yeah. I don't know. See, the, I don't know. The thing is, like, Kristen, kind of looking at her stats right now, Kristen was first in fairway hits, sixth in uh, park percentage, second in circle one in regulation, first in circle two in regulation, first in birdie percentage, first in circle two putts, fifth in circle one X putts. Like, she is consistent in every single part of the game right now. And there's no one else that really has that consistency unless Paige Pierce is playing her absolute best, unless Katrina Allen is playing her absolute best. I think that's when they kind of rival them. 
But even still, I mean, Kristen's last round, she took, what, five bogeys or something like that? On a season-long scale, though, you can pick out weaknesses in Paige Pierce's game or Katrina Allen's game with ease. Like, as great as they are, they have, like, clear weaknesses that, you know, the viewer can see. Of course, every player is probably going to have weaknesses that they see. Um, But with Tatar, it's just, it's so hard to see any, like, I couldn't tell you her weakness right now. Like, I I literally cannot analyze it. I mean, I think Brian Earhart has even said it, who, you know, one of the best player turn analysts we have. uh, He has said that he has, like, he can barely name times where he questions what she does or when she messes up. Go go what? back to kind of what I said a minute ago, though, and I'm not saying it's like something super amazing, but we don't know because she's not in those situations enough to see if there's a weakness. Like, um, I hate to bring it up, but remember when uh, Ricky and Paul used to go to the end of Worlds or wherever it was, and Paul said something. I'm going to take it out of context, I'm sure, but along the lines, you can count on Rick to choke. And if we we've seen her in a few scenarios. I'm trying to think here. Waco, she didn't choke, but it kind of, I hate to say it was given to her, but it was a little bit given to her on the last hole where it was like, okay, like she didn't, she earned it. Yes. But she, uh, long story short is we need to see her in more of those scenarios like uh, AB and we didn't talk about this yet, but AB, um, as people would say, 10 cupping the whole, the island shot five times in a row and then seeing Corey step up in absolute perfection and that shot in my mind i don't know if it actually gets enough credit like put yourself there and be like now i just have to execute this like perfectly after seeing someone else not do it and i guess my point is like that that is like that's clutch he's under pressure he did it and i'm we're going to talk about is ab was that choking or not but anyways clutch we saw out of Corey there and I guess what I'm saying is if we see Kristen in more of those scenarios where someone's challenging her and she's rising up in those scenarios, then we might start to see a weakness. And maybe we won't. Maybe she rises up and we go, it's yeah. absolutely not there. Um, but I think the you need is, to see more of that yeah. before you can determine if she has a weakness or not. The thing is, she's just so much more consistent than everyone that she never has to. Like, she's rarely in that position. Mm-hmm. especially on a four-round event, five-round event. And if we had more, I mean, six-round events, seven-round events, too, she would just keep increasing and increasing, I think, every single time. But the longer the event goes, I think Kristen just shows why she's able to be in the position that she's in right now. I yeah. mean, she was first in uh, strokes or strokes gained putting, Tita Green, OB Ray, all those things. She was first, 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 first. And mm-hmm. preserve open preserve open right so Mm -hmm. i do remember after that event we talked about it a little bit it was like i even asked no i didn't ask her i asked uh katrina did you notice Kristen pushing harder and katrina and katrina form isn't paying attention to other people's games she's not even barely paying attention to hers during the round she's trying to have a strong mental game but from a fan's perspective i saw Kristen pushing harder than we normally see at least that was my perspective like taking aggressive putts when she normally wouldn't take aggressive putts she'd take good putts Mm -hmm. um and she didn't win and i don't know that's a weakness but that's a scenario where she had to fight and it's different than her game usually is she waits for others to make mistakes that's my perspective i don't feel like she's the one that's like the shark in the water like i am going to like execute something to like scare you 
and that's not how disc golf is. I get it. But my point is like, she's not the one doing that. She gets her lead out there and then she plays her game and others have a hard time because they're trying to push from behind. And that's when the mistakes really start to show. Um, seeing her push from behind, I want to see that more. And I, again, we may never yeah. see it because she's but that we, good we to also, get out in the front. Like, so I don't know. Even with, the, even with the tournaments, I mean, I know Evan has a staff for it, but even the tournaments that Kristen is behind going into that final round, she hasn't done well at. Evan, what's do you know the? Ooh, interesting. It's, uh, I, I'm trying to figure out the like, exact like threshold number. Is it like over 13 if she's down by two or three or something? Like I think that? it's I think it's three or more. If she's I think three if she's more? down by three or more, she's she hasn't won ever. Yeah, maybe. And, and so she's maybe not, I'm so, on to something. So I don't you know. Can, you can no. consider that. Be like, hey, maybe that is their weakness. But the other thing is that we have to realize as well is we are seeing such dominance out of Kristen Tatar. It's very similar to like what we saw with Paul in 2015. Eventually, they will lose a tournament. Like in 2015, Paul lost to Michael Johansson at Hall of Fame Classic. Tatar's lost, Tatar. has yep. lost plenty this year. Mm-hmm. Like she yeah, has. Exactly. Like it's not like obviously yeah. it's an incredibly like her rate at winning is so incredibly yeah. high, but she still has been losing. It's it's not a Paul in 2015 mm-hmm. yeah. uh, or 2019 we're even. And it's not. Every, yeah. yeah, I it's not more Juliana, so for majors. Yeah, like we're seeing Juliana you know, Corver and I think yeah. 99. I mentioned that for majors. I think that was the year yeah. that before the elite series that she won all but like one or two events. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, it, so it's not that type, but that's, it's obviously a different era too. So it's kind of hard to compare, but uh, I, I think it's the game itself. Like we haven't seen, we haven't really seen the wheels fall off. I mean, you could argue open at Austin last round or Jonesboro, I think second round, but also third round, she kind of fell behind and other players clearly stepped up more. And there's, you know, five players in the hunt more than she was, but like, even then it's not like, like other players we see who really, really fall off and fall way behind and drop, you know, things don't look, I mean, even like think about Calvin in the final rounds of the last few tournaments, obviously European opens one thing. We'll get to that, but his putt at um, PCS open and preserve, like it was very clear, like, Everything was fine except for the putter. And we don't see that type of of uh, change in Tatar week to week. Mm, yeah, I, I, we'll just wrap it up. Guys, leave your comments, uh, message us, let us know your thoughts on our topic here. Um, I didn't prepare that conversation as I don't normally prepare through them, but that was just a thought I had. I'd like to see more of her having to challenge from the back, but we might not see it because she's so good at getting out in front. Um, yeah. But anyways, and and uh, that's that. So um, we're getting ready here in a minute to get um, Haley King in, I would assume. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about a few things. Um, one is following up on, um, let's see here. Let's, okay, a giveaway. We have our 10,000 subscriber giveaway. So we're close to 10,000. Right at the time of recording, we're a little under 400, like 390 something. Once we get to 10,000, we're giving away that $2,200 valued package for the MVP open um, experience. You've heard it. If you haven't, go back and check out that episode with Steve Dodge. It's massive. Uh, it's totally worth coming out for the whole week and getting a full experience in. Um, but we're giving that away when we hit 10,000. If we wait too long, we're not going to be able to give it away. The way we're giving it away is by engagement on social media, tag us and everything, go everywhere. And we're just going to notice it. It's going to be across all social media or however, but that's the, the way we're giving it away. But we're also doing a giveaway uh, in the next 48 hours to somebody who subscribes between now and then. Now, a lot of you now are like, well, man, 
we uh, we're already subscribed. Well, I'm sorry about that. You guys have been supporters of the Nick and Matt show. You you don't get a chance at this. But if you subscribe in the next 48 hours, you have a chance to win this. I am going to do a random number generator, and it's going to be an hour. So it's going to be one to 48. If it's 12, that means I'm picking whoever is last subscribed at the 12 hour mark. If it's 36, it's whoever's last subscribed at the 36 hour mark from time of recording, which is, uh, what is today? July 24th. And 24th. It, we'll do it at the completion of this um, show around nine o'clock so Eastern. So nah, what's today, Monday? It'll be Wednesday evening. We will announce who won. You just have to choose when you're subscribing. That's all I'll say about it. I'm not going to tell you when we've picked the winner. It's going to be someone between hour one and hour 48. And we're going to give away a couple discs and some swag. We will shout out your username. You'll have to contact us. That's the only way we can really do that. And then um, let me get this out of the way. 30 seconds left before we bring in Haley. Intern Ben and I played in a tournament this weekend. And it's always a battle to see who can take it down. We've been playing the same division for this year mainly. We went into it and we knew there's a lot on the line, stressed, stressed out, you know, pressure packed. And uh, I just want to say, intern Ben, you beat me. Good Yay. job. Ooh. I did it. Dang. I didn't even know that. Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't even know either of you were playing <laughs> tournaments. I heard some <laughs> stuff in our group chat and was like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's just a normal round. Well, he but beat me by cool. three at the end of the day. Three. And I had to like... I did a rounds? turkey. I did like a turkey in the last five holes to even get it that close. It was just not good. Two rounds, yep. Two rounds. rounds. Three three strokes over two rounds. Yeah, that's I mean, that's well, pretty close, you know. I'm just gonna summarize it because nobody wants to hear a full disc golf round recap. So I thought of a quick way to say this. Over 36 holes, five holes cost me 10 extra strokes. Five out of 36. So there you go. Wow. So did getting you, to did you have a the bunker hole. Uh, <laughs> Let's just say I had an uphill challenge after that. And I, to get to plus one after 10 extra strokes, I was like, okay, at least I had some birdies in there. All right. Good job. Intern Ben yep. till the next time. I was, uh, heavily relying on my, um, Haley King con. Um, oh man, that's the trick. Go get one. All right. I think it's sold out on Innova, but go find one somewhere. All right, here we go. Let's bring let's bring Haley in, everybody. Haley King. Um, I don't know where she is in the world, but I don't think it's Europe. So Carmen San Diego. What's up, Haley? Hey, did we do an audio test? No. Hopefully your audio works. What's up, Haley? Hi. Yes, it works. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's good. Um, okay, so welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you. You did not go to Europe, correct? Correct. I mean, if you were there, you weren't playing. That would have been pretty cool, I guess. <laughs> Um, all right. So what'd you do? You, you're at home. Were you relaxing? Uh, I see some videos of you like doing more pushups than I do. I'm getting nervous for myself here, but maybe I came out sore from the tournament. So like, what have you been up to? Yeah, honestly, I've just been chilling at home playing, uh, a lot of Fortnite. but when I'm not playing Fortnite, I'm putting and throwing in the net in my backyard. I've only played one course since I've been home for this little break. I don't like to go out to the course, so. All my work's done in the backyard. Is it, is it because yeah, so. you don't, this is, this is going to come off really sounding mean, but it's not like you don't have friends that just want to go out and play. It's a, like a work practice session and you don't want to do that like out by yourself on the course. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't like practicing for disc golf on the, on a disc golf course. Like I like playing disc golf when I'm on a course. I like having fun when I'm out there. So if it's not in a tournament, then I don't want to be like 
serious out on the golf course. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. All right. Well, so you're back down. You're hanging out, practicing on your own time, playing some Fortnite as well. I mean, biggest thing we can talk about right now is Dynamic Discs Open. We didn't get to have you on right after that tournament, but you were able to take that down. Can you kind of run us through just the DDO experience in general? I mean, DDO is as special as it always is. Bunch of people there. But the one big difference this year was the weather was really nice. Um, And that's really great for me. So I had, you know, was it four days of three days? Yeah, three days of good competition weather. And I was able to just focus and, yeah, play how I want to play. Very fun. Yeah, and our show, we're a Monday show. We appreciate the fact you're like, hey, I'd love to come on. It's just not going to work out. And like we started our show tonight and Corey's like, I'm literally landing in New York like right now. It's not going to work. It's like it's the nature of a Monday show. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, So what's new? Anything new? Again, you've been posting these workout videos a bit, talking about mental and physical with maybe it's a coach of sorts. Like, tell us about that. Yeah, I have a scientific sport consultant. So, I mean, this guy is, he does a lot of bodylifting. He's pretty sure, no, I know for a fact, he's the lightest, smallest man to lift a thousand pounds, about a thousand pounds. So, yeah, um, dude is very well accomplished. And his fiance is also very well accomplished in Brazilian jiu jitsu. So, they're like, they're actual athletes. They're not just like consultants, you know, like they've done it before. So, they know what an athlete's mind is. And I feel like we are, we think similar and he's able to, you know, use his past experiences to kind of help me, help guide me through what I'm currently going through. So yeah, that's, that's basically the biggest change. And I think it's been very helpful having a professional athlete be there on my side to help me. Do you, do you care to elaborate at all when you say currently going through, is it, is it something private or you just mean like generally in disc golf, like your current scenario? Uh, I mean, just like my, honestly, just my physical weight, like that's always been an issue. And this year I made a goal to like, not go below a certain amount and I haven't gone below it yet that I was going below previous years. So just mainly like the physical and a lot of mental too, but mainly right now it's the physical stuff. Yeah, you're, you're, um, I don't know anything specifically about you, but my roommate in college was always like, I got to down these protein shakes because I got to bulk up. And I don't know. I mean, it's something for everybody for sure. So that's incredible that you're working on that. And then the mental side of it, what does he have to offer there? Because I think you've made mention about that. Yeah, so like he, he was in competitions and stuff like that. So he did solo competitions as well. So like I think there's a big difference between team sports and solo sports. So having somebody who has taught ball golf before, as well as being a professional athlete themselves, being able to mix those two, it's just, it's able to easily transition into my brain, I guess. It just works. Something about it just works. What what takeaway or thing that are you most excited about for the mental side of it right now? Like has something clicked or you learned something or you're just happy to try it out or practice it like mentally? I mean, it's... Mentally, like, it's hard because the physical stuff is kind of being caused by the mental stuff, right? So, like, it's kind of, they they coincide, right? So, mainly right now, like, the mental side of the stuff, we don't have, like, a specific goal in mind. We're just trying to work at it, try to get it better. So, then that way, it all just translates. 
How, how do you see the mental aspect affecting you, I guess, that you would be able to gauge it's getting better? Like, is it something you think about after like a shot's made? Or like, what is it that you'd say, hey, I want to see it get better? Okay, so I guess a good example is just like an overall tournament weekend of like the first day that I get there to the day that I get home. Something that I look at is like, one, I don't look at my weight throughout the week, right? Because that's the big focus throughout this year. But so mentally, we're focusing on, like, if I'm getting drained at all, like if my, if I'm getting really mad at certain shots for no reason, if I can't like let the anger go, why am I holding on to the anger and stuff like that? And then just kind of like just trying to push, push through it. And we're just trying to like, figure out, I guess, what my emotions actually mean, you know, on the disc golf course, like, it's very confusing because I've been playing disc golf for such a long time. I don't know about anybody else, but I think our whole audience, however many it is this week, 20,000, maybe you're probably all shaking their heads going like we understand like in some way. And they're not the pro athlete, but like, if I just go quick to intern Ben, yes. How easy is it to get angry on the course after a shot? And you're not sure why, but you're just upset. So angry so much. So that last <laughs> tournament, I, uh, like I took my hat and like hit it on my thigh and the claps flew off and hit my card mate. <laughs> Courtesy violation. He was instantly. He was very done. cool. I'll give him a shout out, Joe. He was very cool about it. But yeah, that, that was uh pretty embarrassing. It wasn't like anything crazy. I, you know, I just, my hat hit on my thigh cause I hit, missed like a 15 putter and then went bing and I didn't realize it. Uh, but, it's time ben, to sit yeah. in the timeout bench. Yeah. And then Ben comes here and then the after show that nobody gets, like we talk about all of this stuff and Ben's, and honestly, I hope he doesn't mind this. He's like, I don't want to be that guy. And I don't think Ben is that guy. Ben's but like, that guy now. No, he's he not. He turned into that but guy. He's like a lovable explosive on the course. But I, I just want to, what are you going to say, Evan? No, I, I think lovable explosives that way to word it. It's like you're annoyed by it in the moment and then it passes and you're like, ah, it's still fun. Yeah, well, yeah, to, okay. to clarify, I meant that guy as in like, even when I'm joking around, I'm very loud. That's what I meant. <laughs> okay. Like, I just don't want to be that, that loud guy on the course because even if I'm, if I like hit something good, I'm like, yeah, like, you know, I just don't want to be <laughs> the one that annoys. That's what I meant. Not, I'm not the guy where I'm like freaking out on people. All right. That's not me. So I just, I'm just thinking like, I'm sure a lot of people are relating to that. Um, and so do you feel like you have discovered any of that? Like for yourself, like you get really upset after a shot and you hold on to it or like, have you figured out any of that? Like, what is that about? Yeah, I'm starting to like kind of figure out that my touring situation and just like everything about my setup right now to do my job isn't what I need exactly. So it's kind of causing me to be uncomfortable, mm -hmm. which I then drag that onto the disc golf course. So mm. if I don't have the perfect shot when I know I do it nine out of 10 times, I get very, very upset. Mm. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the fact of this candor and conversation. This is excellent for me, and that's being selfish. I hope uh, you don't mind that we're digging like that. It's nice. Very relatable. Um, so what are your touring plans for the rest of the season? I mean, there's a lot going on in the world, uh, FPO and all that. Like, what are, you, what are your plans? I'm just, if the normal tour is there, whatever happens, I'm, I'll be there. Yeah normal as in like if there's an fpo event or just like normal if it's normal yeah yeah like if like women are able okay. to play if okay. it's only mpo i'm 
there's there's a group of people out there and i know this is like utopia somehow or other but they're like fpo just play with the mpo and let's watch them dominate like <laughs> i don't know so um I, go ahead, i want to swing it over to you made an announcement recently i don't know if it was this week or last i'm, I'm kind of getting my weeks mixed together uh but about a beer release i want to hear a little bit mm. more about that yeah, so there's a local brewery to Charlotte that's called Catawba Brewing, and they're massive fans of disc golf. So I recently, well, I don't, okay, don't want to get myself in trouble here. One time when I was in Charlotte, I tried a Catawba beer, and it was called the White Zombie, and I immediately fell in love. So I randomly DM'd them on Instagram, and I was like, hey, anyway, we could work something out. And they <laughs> were like, yeah, totally. So you know, we met up with them in person, played a couple rounds of disc golf, and we thought the partnership was really good. And we, yeah, we're excited to move forward. Awesome. So is it like a tour series disc, but a beer? Like, I, I don't want to get into, you know, too, too money details or whatnot. Is it anything like that? Or is it uh, kind of just like a branding deal? Is there any kind of cool info you can share in that sense? I mean, I did sign an NDA, so I can't really talk about it. But like, yeah, I do have a signature beer. <laughs> okay. And and what is the beer? And and talk about that. Did you have any uh plans with what type of beer or any of the brew process, or were you just like, make me an awesome one and I'll love it? Or was well, it so after I, that one you tried? Sorry. Yeah. So after the one I tried, like honestly, that was the first beer I've ever had that like I truly been able to enjoy, right? Like, you know, you kind of just like throw some beers down, right? This one, I was like sipping it and I was like, okay, I need another one, but I don't want to get tipsy, right? <laughs> So after I tried that one, I was like, this is something that I definitely want to, you know, go towards. And then they had some other stuff on tap. So I tried that and I was like, well, what if it was like a little bit of mix, you know, like what if it had some hints of that and hints of that. And then they ended up coming up with a beer and it was a pale ale. So once I tried it, I instantly was like, that's it. It's a little bit citrusy. So yeah, I was down for it right away. Very cool. Well, I need to get to Charlotte then. So it's it's kind of funny to ask questions to competitors about their competition, but what did you think about what happened in the European Open? Like 16-stroke, I guess we're using the word domination. Maybe you have a different word, but like, what do you think about that? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's a different word. Um, Kristen's good. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say. Okay. So let me ask about your game then we were talking about it and I don't know if you caught it. I don't, I didn't see how long you were in the green room, but what would it take for you to beat Kristen on average? Like you could beat her any given round. I, I personally do not think that's even a question, <laughs> but on average, like what would it take in your game? I mean, I think I have all the skills to do it, but on average, I think I seriously just need a little bit more time on the road and just actually grow up you know, get settled in and not worry about things kids are worrying about, basically. So, um, mm. yeah, I think I personally just need a little bit more time. Like, I mean, technically, I think I've beat her twice this year, but mm -hmm. it's all it's all the open courses that she can't. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, open courses. I think on average, I'll probably beat her. Wooded courses? Not so sure. I love that. I love that. So I also like that you, you're kind of, Haley, we've, how long have you been touring now? Well, 
I first went on tour in 2019. Okay. So for, this is the fourth year. And, and how old were you when you started touring? 17, 17. Yeah. 17. And I'm 38. And it's, it's sometimes you forget this, but, and I don't know how our listeners feel about this, but like, yeah, I mean, you just said like, Hey, I need to grow or like, yeah, grow up a little more. And like, maybe it's getting used. Maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth, getting used to the tour life. If that's what you're doing, getting used to just life as a, whatever age you are person. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. All, yeah. all of the above. Yep. Yeah. I think sometimes we forget that we see a competitor out there and they have a quote brand and they play disc golf. And you forget that other side of it. So thanks for sharing that with us. I know your time is a little sensitive right now. And if you don't have time to answer this fully, don't worry about it. But you were talking earlier just about how your tour situation and your ability to do your job isn't kind of where you want it to be. And I know you had posted on Facebook a few months back, not exactly sure when, about some van situations that were happening. Has anything been resolved? What are you doing to kind of set yourself up for the future in the sense you want more tour experience. How are you setting yourself up for that? Well, one, I don't want the van. I realize that is not the life that I want and that trying to get that done caused me way more stress than I ever needed. Um, <laughs> it affected my disc golf game very, very much so. Mm -hmm. um, but really, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I think I just need like more time to figure it out. I don't really know. Okay. If you, if you had an ideal situation, you say you don't like the van life. Uh, it's pretty hard to afford flying everywhere and getting Airbnbs. Are you thinking get a decent car and gas mileage and Airbnb with some friends each tournament? Yeah, I, that, that would be ideal. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, this is cool. Um, I appreciate you giving us the time. I know you have, you know, important things going on yourself. We reached out. We wanted to have you on after you won uh, at the uh, DDO. So we're glad we got you on. Thank you for making the time for us. Is there any way that people can support you or root you on in a special way? Let us know. And our fans, we, we had someone say, here's my Venmo once and our fans paid them money. So whatever you want. <laughs> Not going to do that. Okay. If y'all want to help support me, um, I have this available on the Innova factory store for tour series. And then I have a custom drive bags. And then if you want a 10% discount off of a discology bag, use the code, my last name King. And then, yeah, if you can find those cons anywhere, go get yourself on those are pretty good. Mm. But I really appreciate you guys for having me on. And I really enjoy hanging out with you guys. So All right. hey, cool. we can't wait to see you back on the road again. Yeah, we'll we'll have you back on. We're, there'll be big things yeah. out there when you're beating Kristen on average. Uh, am I so bold to say that like if I had to pick someone right now, it is Haley. Like, and I'm not saying that because she's on here. It kept crossing my mind as we talked. Like, that's the player who I see right now doing that work. Right, we're seeing it, and I'm like, they're either gonna have to change who they are or be a new person like coming on the field. So I'm picking Haley if it's my pick for the current field. There we go. It's on record. Well, All right. You. We'll see you later. Best Haley. of luck to you, Thanks Haley. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Peace. Peace out. Um, it's kind of, weird, of kind of kind of weird for me to do like a pick like that, like with the guest on there. I usually let him go and then say something, but like I don't know. I just well, kind of like, really feel it. Like she's working hard to change herself in a lot of ways, and she has that explosive thing that I was talking about. So she yeah. can do a little of everything. 
She's also younger than a majority of the other FBO players on tour right now. Like mm-hmm. Katrina Allen and Paige Pierce, they've been in the game. They're not old by any means, but they've been in the game for a long time. Haley is still very kind of in her, I want to say infancy of her disc golf career, but she's still becoming a, I don't know, prime disc golfer in a sense. And I think when she, like, it, it really sucks. And the mental stuff that she's going on, like she's got going on right now in life and I remember her post about the van was some she she had paid someone to fully yeah. restore her van and that dude apparently like ran with all the money. I mean, dude, when crap Ooh. like that happens, how are yeah. you not, you know, mentally stressed with that, especially if you're, you know, throwing down dude. five, ten grand yeah. to someone to I almost brought it, it up. It, it, yeah, <laughs> I it decided even, not. I, yeah, I kinda hinted at it in the sense of like, how are you? But I'm yeah. I'm glad she kinda answered it in the way of van life's not for me. So she's getting rid of that and you know, kind of doing, I would say, what is slowly becoming the more traditional disc golf route. A lot of players are airbnb with friends, splitting houses together, and traveling like that. I, I think that's a little bit uh, more enjoyable. I, it's, dude, it's nice having a shower when you go to an Airbnb. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> a nice. shower. It's like, also, like, like, obviously, I'm a not kitchen. on... Yeah. Yeah. I'm not on tour and I'm not about to, you know, hop in a van and, and travel, but like, that sounds terrible for me. Like I'm a six, three, like I, my feet hang off beds often. Like I would, I would not fit in one of those. I'd be miserable. So like, I, I, it's cool that people do it and it's cool that people love it uh, i'm with Haley. it's not certain, it's not yeah. for me but i also and don't a, have to do it like certain type do. of person there's yeah there's certain like casey white is in love with living in his van yeah and i think that's awesome and i think down by the river I, yeah exactly like i think <laughs> i could get used to that but i think i appreciate <sighs> going into a living room and kind of separating yeah. myself yeah. from that yeah um I don't know. That's yeah. just me personally. I mean, I'm never, I'm never buying a van and touring full time in it. I can just say that. There you right go. You now, heard it here. But exclusive. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. in the chat, people are saying somewhat they agree. They're not saying we agree with Matt necessarily, but they're saying, yeah, they think she's the most talented FPO player, not all these things. But then there's a, a response from some of them by saying, but like, she's just not mentally there. It seems like she can do it, but she doesn't and all this stuff. And I, this was my point. I'm seeing what she's putting into it this year. We've always seen that that follow-up comment of like, yeah, if. But I'm saying this year there is something different. There's an actual investment with that, and I'm seeing actions being made there that I'm feeling like if this continues, that's why my pick was there. I also thought it was funny. She enjoyed a beer at some point, and then I asked how old she was when she started touring. She said 17, and anyways, I was putting things together. She's she's funny, and then she said, uh, Kristen can't win. Oh, let me change that. <laughs> she's like, I can beat her on open courses. That was a really fun interview. We hope you guys enjoyed that. We're getting ready to bring Harry Chase in in just a minute here, but before we do that, I want to talk about something. Um, it's actually a live. I got to cover up addresses. It's a live unboxing, if you will, of DG Max Wax. They just sent us a brand new product, and I want to get it out here. It is a summer blend. Well, first of all, look at the fire, dude. That is nice on the packaging. It's the fire packaging. It is the summer blend. Now, we've showed you the winter blend, which I loved. We've had the original blend forever, and it's awesome. Now... Do, do, do. Oh, this is like a Ooh. real... What's the smell? Okay. Tell us. Yeah, let's see. Ooh. 
oh, it's definitely different than the other. And I don't know, that's one of those smell. I'm going to have to try to figure out how to explain this. I'll, I'll find the information there on the smell here, but <gasps> it is like the smell that you like want more of. Like, I do not know how to explain it. That tells me nothing. No, no. It's like, okay, it's not leather and it's not new car smell, but it's in that genre to me where I'm like, oh, you just want to Can I get a whiff? Yeah, here. I'll I'll tell you exactly. So first of all, my fingers, even after handling it right now. What the? Yeah, what the? (laughs) It does smell like a car. You're right. I'm in the right genre. It's like cedar. Oh, maybe. Um... You think I would actually know that, but I did not ask for this one with the smells. So snapstick, it tastes good. Here's the snapstick version of it. The one that fits in the chapstick container uh, in your pocket. It's wonderful. Now, why did they make a summer blend? Well, you see, if you take the winter blend and put it in a 110 degree car, it is no longer a nice mini. It is a puddle. But if you take the winter blend in the winter, it's perfect. You take the summer in the summer in a hot car up to, I think it's 120 degrees, if I'm not mistaken. 70 degrees to 120 degrees is where it's recommended. The summer blend. Uh, I'll find this exactly here. Boom. Uh, the summer blend is for 70 degrees all the way up to 125 degrees. It's going to keep a consistent grip texture. It will not melt into a puddle in those temperatures. Now, the original blend is all purpose, but if you get into the winter, it's going to be too hard. So then you need to get the winter blend. Buy all three. Buy all three. Keep them in your house. Bring them out during the seasons when you want to use them most. I use Disc Golf DG Max Wax during every round I play. Uh, I keep the mini inside of the bag, and I have it in a special pocket where I can just reach my hand in uh, easily and get it on without even pulling it out of my bag. DG Max Wax, huge fan of DG Max Wax. A lot of you have purchased their products. Go purchase this one. Use code Nick and Matt. DGMaxWax.com. I figured out the smell. Is it on their website? No. Just I'm going to look what, it up. It's, what, this is what I'm calling it. Cinnamon pizza. <sighs> I was going to say cinnamon, but I'm like, is I, that a summer smell? I feel like I when I talked like I feel like when I talk to the guy, he said it was supposed to be cinnamon. Cinnamon. <laughs> cinnamon. Like I can never say cinnamon. Stick, okay. Then yeah. a mini. I just went to the website. Cinnamon pizza. Come on. And tell me. Let me read. This is the extra extended version of an ad for them, but I'm interested now. Uh, specially formulated gr- grip wax used. Da, 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 coined the windsurfer mini. This is the summer formula. Has a much higher melting point. We do not recommend you leave it in the car on a hot sunny day, though. Uh, does it say? Am I missing it? Oh, it's got a refreshing. Here we go. Remember Citradelic? This one's a summer delic scent <laughs> made from a blend oh, of essential oils. It does not say the smell. So order this, dgmaxwax.com. Get it. Tell us go what the smell is. I don't want to even hear from Josh from DG Max Wax. I just want our fans to tell us what the smell is. Wow. Cinnamon pizza. It smells like cinnamon. No, it's pizza. almost like a Thai dish now. Like I'm that smelling like, Ooh, like Thai a pizza noodles. Sauce? Pizza. Oh man, there's so many. It's the leather, it's the new car, it's whatever cinnamon you want it to be. That's my final answer. Well, pizza. now you guys are making me hungry and my hands <laughs> need grip. <laughs> it my hands are very grippy right now. Like it's amazing. <laughs> uh love the product. Uh, there, that's the ad that keeps on going. But really, it's an incredible product. DGMaxwax.com. Okay. Right. Here well, we go. Before we have Harry. Yes, on, before Harry, I, I have I, one thing too. Go ahead. Okay, I just really wanted to run through some really cool stats that I, I would be amiss. Do I think it. that's a word. 
if I didn't do so. Um, one, I mean, Heidi Laney gets her best finish in a major of her career. She finished the second Katrina Allen and Missy Gannon tie for third. Listen to this swing in two different numbers. It was Katrina Allen's 21st FBO major podium, which is third all time behind Valerie Jenkins and Paige Pierce. It was Missy Gannon's first major podium of her career. As good as she's been winning elite events all over the place, winning a disc golf pro tour championship included and silver events had not had that major podium before. And she gets it here. And then jumping down to fifth place is Sarah Hokum, who now has extended her top 10 streak at FPO majors to 30 straight events. That's un- insane. And for players who have played in the last two years, that's the longest streak, the longest active streak. Uh, Paige Pierce, Katrina Allen, both have lost that streak with, uh, uh, finishes outside the top 10 in 2022. Uh, Kristen star though is 13 for 13. So she has 17 to go, but is hundred percent of her career, which is very cool. And then we have to talk about Cor- uh, Corey Ellis and the whole MPO field. We talked to FPL for a long time, all the cool stats. And when we said, what's better, a hectic event or a domination yet. We talked about the domination, the whole beginning of the show. So Matt, I know you have a a topic. I don't know if you want to get to that before I, I just recap the MPO and what was going on. Yeah, kind of let's, let's do it because we, we had picks of who was playing above the average uh, at the European open. And let's do it. Yeah. We said, who's going to win. Who's your pick for both MPO FPO. And we, then we said, who is going to play above their average? And that was average considering all tour events. Now, my math is going to be a little bit off. I did use um, Statmando website. Their math isn't off, but it's calculated, I think, after European Open, right? Like it would be included in that number if I did it today. I, Yeah, I would say you should do it without the European <laughs> yeah, Open. Yeah, I didn't, so. I didn't, I wasn't looking long enough to be like, how do I eliminate European Open? But I don't okay, think I it's see. a big enough factor with the results. You'll see. It's not like it's a big enough factor where someone would have won. Um, yeah. Okay. So I had picked Yuli and Yuli was 49th uh, average, 49th average. Okay. The last year he finished in 32nd. Hey, that's points for me. Uh, Hokum. She had a 15 average. She finished in fifth. I do not know how I picked that, but she did it. I got 27 points total. Okay. That's what I got. They placed above Nick. You picked Jeremy Colling. He had a 41th mm-hmm. average the last year. He finished 41th. Yeah. 41. <laughs> 41st. <laughs> Sorry. It's like the Hobbit. Um, and he finished in 44th. So you lost you negative three points. Underperformed. Yeah. He, was he, doing was, he, was, he was doing very well the first two or three rounds. Yeah. And then KT Tati, or however you say it, 27th average for the year. She finished in 17th. Your total yeah. score. Which is last. <laughs> your, your total score, seven points. So I have 27. Sick. You have seven. Evan. Sick. Antila. Nicholas. 20, 21 average. That's his place. He finished 23rd. Ah, the potential was Wait, there. 21 average. I thought it was 30. Are we doing silvers too? Oh, maybe that uh, is. That's maybe okay. That's I did whatever you hey, sent me. Hey, this is your fault. You sent me a link. Your, <laughs> I, what? I just do a profile. You got to select the tours, but I, I, I oh, didn't make the rules. So what would game. it have generically defaulted we never, to? Uh, all events. Oh, so yeah, I guess yeah. it's silver then. Yeah, 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 but it would include uh, non-tour events too. But I'll oh, say this, Matt. Right. I'll write a quick query for you so we can just plug in and calculate this automatically who else next time. Me, <laughs> get points. But no, 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 no. This is the official for this week. Oh, okay, you know okay, math. okay. I, I don't want to take that away from you. I'm saying next week I'll get it done for you. Okay, Evan. Uh, so you pick Saarinen, 
24th place average finish over the year. She finished in 13th. So you got points there. Oh, and, and to go back a second, I forgot. I sent you a link to, yeah, Elite and Majors. And that should that link should have uh, not included the European Open yet. Oh. So you should be good. Then it should be good. Yeah, whatever the link I forget, was. I forgot I sent you that link to the stats. Yeah, up. okay, Excuse good. So me. we're good. That's okay. So profiles. you got nine points. So you eked out over Nick <sighs> by two. Beat Nick. Let's go. Somehow I have 27 points, though. I'm just going to keep pointing that out. <laughs> and then intern Ben. You yep. picked Burridge. Robert. Talk to me. How do you think he averaged the last year? Like, pick a number. 35. Yeah, close. 36. He finished 35th. Ah! You get one oh. point. Turton. Tarton. Tarton. 10th place average. Finished 15th. So you get minus four points total, Ben. Minus four. I picked the worst. So I guess I win that one. Um, nice. And so and did you want Christmas to finish out and round out your stats? I just wanted to bring that up because that's part <sighs> of NPO. I want to at least just cover Corey Ellis real quick. I have, uh, there's so many cool stats down the leaderboard that I want to get to before the show. Yep. Uh, or for the listeners, hold me to that. But we do want to get to uh, Harry Chase and get uh, learn about him and talk to him. But Corey Ellis wins his first ever major title. Uh, I think a lot of people knew that going into it. He hadn't even won an elite or silver event before this. Very cool to see him get the victory. That does make it three first-time majors uh, in a row in MPO with Isaac Robinson win winning Champions Cup earlier this year and Gannon Burr last year although each of them had won uh, an elite or a silver beforehand. Um, the last time we saw three straight first-time winners was back in 2018 when Greg Barsby won Worlds after Eagle Man won 2018 Kona Peach Day, and then Nate Sexton won 2017 USDGC. Uh, those names are all classic, very good players that we know in disc golf, but they had not won a major before that point. Uh, the last time before that, listen to this, was... Five straight times from 1986 Worlds to 1990 Worlds. That was when we only had one major being Worlds. Ken Climo was the final name on the list. And the streak broke because he went on to win it the next year and was no longer a first-time major winner. And then he won it a few more times after that. Um, and I, I think a lot of people are going to point to Corey Ellis's history and heartbreak. Uh, I think we probably first saw it at Deglo in the playoff. Maybe there was a time before that I'm missing, uh, but when he goes to a playoff with Calvin Heinberg, he had the lead, I think with two strokes with two to go and then one stroke with one to go. And then uh, goes into a playoff and goes OB with Calvin Heinberg winning. And then of course, MVP open. That's probably the biggest one people will mention had the. Ben, ben has no idea what he's doing right now. He was tied in that. I didn't touch but anything, how, actually. Did I? Yeah. No, I didn't. Move the mouse on your side. Oh, I don't know what I. I and, and then it cl I was texting Harry, and then it. Interns the throwing mouse. me under the bus. It's okay. Yeah. All right. I get to All to say that there's the heartbreak at MVP Open with that upshot. And then we even can go to Portland Open earlier this year, where it was a three player race between Adam Hammes, Heron Gossage, and Corey Ellis. He goes OB on 18 earliest. And then. Uh, we'll get to you in a second. I'm, I'm doing the recap, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Harry? He's the one so talking listen, to This has to be one of the funnier moments for me. Now, listen. No, nobody else can hear what just happened in our ears. And so... <laughs> message in the green room and says say hey Evan hey Evan 
as a sound check. Oh, <laughs> so nobody else That's heard hilarious. that, but we all heard I that. Knew, I knew no one else would hear. Uh, but I just had no clue what Ben was doing, uh, like telling him. So yeah. I thought he was like Evan. He had no Evan, clue out of nowhere. Working. You're like, hold on, hold on, we'll get to you. <laughs> But nobody even heard anything. And when he was like, hey, hey, oh. hey, Evan, the, the, it stuttered you. Oh, Evan, you, so gotta, you gotta let it go. You just gotta fight through it. I all was right. letting all the other ones go. This is hard to talk when someone's in your ear. And no, no fault to Harry doing the mic check. No, that was not his fault. No, it's all the fault to Harry. Can we just bring no, him in and have him be part bad. of this conversation? Okay, okay. Hold on, just bring him in. Yeah. That is his all debut right. to the show, Man. Harry Chase, everybody. Um... <laughs> We're going to get right to you, but we had to bring you in for this part. Thank you for the sound check, by the way. Evan, are you good wrapping that up? I, I'll just wrap it up with it was really cool to see uh, Corey Ellis, who had, you know, heartbreak that we've seen on DGN. They've highlighted it. Go on to get this victory. It's a wild final round. We'll talk about the other players. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, everyone's in chat being like, can we talk about AB? After the Harry interview, we, we will. will bring up Anthony. We got a lot Barilla. of questions. We will bring up everything else on whole. We're going to bring up Calvin so. Heimberg. going to bring up Ezra we'll Aderholt. Yeah, we'll ask Harry his, his opinions, too. We'll ask Harry his opinions, Harry was busy winning eight years. He doesn't need <laughs> the distraction of watching the Pro Tour. Eight years are big, right, Harry? I mean, just in general, like, it's a status. But, like, who... I want you to t say, like, the field. I I'm trying to call it out. You beat Steve Brenster, U.S. champion. I, I mean, you could pick a lot of players in there. We talked about Paul Kranz, a lot of good players. We could go on and on. Is this your biggest win ever? Um, I'd say so. I took down the same tournament last year, back-to-back -back at Warwick, and the field was definitely uh, stronger this year. Uh, I won last year with 27 under and this year with 35 under, so... It took a lot more, and um, the fact that I was able to beat a stronger field this time by 10 strokes, it, it was definitely bigger uh, to me. So uh, technically also biggest payout of my career, too. It, uh, more added cash this year, which is great. Uh, but, yeah, Paul wasn't there last year. Matt Hammerstein wasn't there last year. They were the two highest-rated players in the field. Um, and then Lucas Oberholzer-Hess wasn't on the scene last year either. And Those guys are all higher-rated than me and have – had really good seasons, so it was good to finally pull through and get that win um, and kind of have my time in the spotlight. Okay, so well, ten, talk, talk. 10 strokes. Yeah. 10 strokes. We just talked about dominance out of Christian with 16, but 10 strokes in a field is significant. It didn't look like you had to do that to win, um, but did, did I hear or see that maybe there's a course record in there or tied? Um, or no? I think what you saw was... I don't think I shot a course record on any of the individual layouts, but uh, 35 under 212 strokes for the tournament okay. uh, ties ties Andrew Fish in 2019 for the tournament record. Uh, so that was there. Cool. You go there. You go. So you you shot incredibly well. Um, proud to know you, dude. Uh, kids disc golf back in the day, right? That's right. Yep. So how old are you now? Uh, 23. Okay, so when I say kids disc golf, some people know, some people don't know. Uh, period of five years or so, I ran an organization with my brother that got youth into competition. Harry, about back then was you were eighteen or seventeen. You were 18, in your last year yeah. of junior. So I just turned eighteen. Yep. And you competed at USJ DGC up at Smugs, right? That's right. Yep. Okay, and that was like one of your first year or two of disc golf. So I. I technically started in 2016, I would say. Um, I played for the first time in 2015, but I just had discs, and I always threw Frisbee, so 
I kind of knew that I would like this, but I just wasn't really into it. Um, and then, I, you know, I didn't have a car at the time, and the closest course was 25 minutes. So I didn't play all that often. Uh, 2016, I started to play a little bit more. Uh, my neighbors down the street were also into it too. So her mom would take us to the course sometimes. And that's when I started playing and finding out that uh, disc golf was like a thing that people did. Um, and then 2018, I, I just found the turn um, online somewhere. And I went, I didn't have a DJ and nothing yet. And I just kind of played casually. I think I only owned eight in my bag. Uh, so I went to Muggs. It's kind of crazy because playing the old layout with, you know, players like Alden Harris was there. Um, Elijah Bickle was there. Some guys have been on tour for a little bit now. And um, I was playing Fox, like, wins with only a 150 as my driver. So that was kind of crazy. Just kind of a shock to, like, see people cycling discs or have different putter, different, different shots. I never even knew it was possible. And another funny story is like each person at the course that day, she was taking pictures. I had no idea who she was. And everyone on my card was so nervous when she was there. And I just was like, oh, it's just a camera lady. So just stuff like that. It was a shock. Like I wasn't really part of the disc golf community at the time. And when I left that tournament, I, I definitely knew that disc golf was something I wanted to pursue in the future. Okay. I loved hearing some of that story and we caught most of it. Your internet was choppy a little bit. I'm going to refresh. I'm refreshing Harry's uh, connection and I've lowered the bit rate a little bit. Hopefully that's a little bit better. But so what I caught from that is different players that you're seeing out on tour now that you were able to play with. You saw Paige Pierce at the event, the junior event, U.S. juniors, and you didn't know who she was. You've come a long way. Is disc golf your in, like, future plans? You're at college still, right? Um, I actually graduated um, mid of June, so oh. this whole summer has been just kind of dedicated to disc golf, which has been been refreshing and not having to like plan around that stuff. Um, but yeah, so I, you know, I did it, got my degree, and I would say right now, I I definitely plan on pursuing pro disc golf at some point, but uh, it's it's honestly just not make or break right now. There's so many good players and. You know, it's it's a good start where I'm at right now, but I have a long way to go. And although 23 seems pretty young, I mean, I play with people that are 18, 17 that are already better than me and, and going out and doing Any names? Any names of these strong. 17 and 18-year-olds who are better <laughs> than you? I mean, yeah, for, for right now, Paul, he's he's definitely proven that he's uh, he's on top of me right now. And I mentioned Lucas Oberholzer has out of Pennsylvania as well. He, He's had an incredible season and much more consistent than I have. So, you know, those, those guys, I think, are really, truly the future. And I may be hoping to sneak in there, but uh, we'll see. I mean, if, if I keep having performances like this, then. Uh, uh, well, if he keeps having performances like this, his Internet will shut off, apparently. So um, <laughs> if, if he comes back on here, we'll keep going. I'm sure it will restart here. You can go back to three up until we get him back in, though. Um, by the way, that prank that intern Ben just pulled on Evan, I'm not going to throw it, him under the bus, but he had to leave the room just a minute ago. I'll just leave it at that. Yes. No, you can say it. I have asthma. And I was laughing so hard I had to run and get my asthma pump because it made me start wheezing. He's like, I, I have wasn't to leave breathing. That. I was like, ah, ah. Oh, That's pretty funny. Hey, 
I'm glad you had it with you and didn't have your girlfriend drive it to you all the yes. way to the Woo Sox game. And people always wonder, uh, people always wonder, when is intern Ben going to get his promotion from intern? And um, this is why I don't get promoted because I pull these hijinks. <laughs> so yeah, he pulled the hijinks and he on accident brought Paul McBeth up oh, that yeah. last week. Like just like we're talking and then that boom, there's Paul. He's gonna he, yeah, he's just gonna stop making mistakes. Yeah, exactly. And that's when you get promoted. That's when I'm the. That's when I'll be. <clears throat> Harry, you back? Or? Well, we can see well, Harry, but it shows us like red cell bar, you know, bars. Like it's red. Yeah, so your internet frozen. connection is really not good right now. Um, I've lowered the bitrate just about as far as we want to. So if he can hear us, either try to get to a new location, uh, get Starbucks. on something else, Wi-Fi. Yeah, drive to Starbucks. We'll figure it out. Um, okay. While we wait for Harry to return. People wanted us to talk about AB, and we will do that. So let's do that now. And if Harry comes back, he can continue the conversation. All right. We're going to start off with what do you guys think about hole 16 at the European Open? Well, that's hole 16. That's not yeah. AB. Well, let's yeah. do them both. No, yeah. no, no. But we're, no, 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 we're no, going to no. talk about AB like because of hole 16. Okay. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's so, just talk so, about it. Let's get it out there. What do you guys think of hole 16? Fantastic hole. Yes. Well, so hole 16 one, I, I want to describe the hole too, because we, we say all these numbers and, you know, we yeah. watch all this disc golf. A lot of our viewers Paint watch and they probably the know picture exactly what it is. Paint but us a picture. I'll do it the best I can without ever being there. You have a tee shot. I believe there's a couple trees in your way. It's kind of a, to a 2A OB lined fairway. And it's, it's not an incredibly hard fairway to hit, but it's still a placement shot to then have the shot to the island. And the island, Paul was explaining it to us last week. It's about the size of a circle, and it's kind of cut off at the top with OB long, mm -hmm. except they use the bunker rule. So what that means is if you miss the island and you're out of bounds, you don't get an out-of-bounds stroke, but you have to re-throw. So it counts the stroke you just threw because you threw, uh, but then you bring the disc back to where you were and you throw again. So if I threw on the fairway one and I throw two to try to make the fairway, but I miss, I'm now throwing three again from that same spot grab a new, new disc out of my bag and throw. If I miss, then I'm throwing four from the same spot, grab a new disc out of my bag. And if I make it, then I, I go on. It, now moving into that, and by the way, Harry's back. And Harry, we will continue. Harry, we're talking whole 16 European Open. Yeah, we will probably come back to ask you a question, but now you're right in the middle of this one discussion. So let's carry on with this, and you can participate in this too. We'll let you do that. But I was telling someone at an AM event yesterday or over the whole weekend because my kids played too when you make a shot you have to be convinced that it is the right shot to throw not based off of the result like you need to be sure when you're throwing it that it's the right shot no matter what the result is you go it went out of bounds or whatever like it was the right shot i didn't throw it right you know um because in my head, I said, man, do you want to see AB after he threw OB? Just go, you know what? Toss up closer, try again from closer, and just walk away with like a, a bogey. But he proved that he thought it was the right shot. That's my takeaway. To repeat it so many times, he's like, this is the right shot. I'm not throwing it right. Um, do you think it was a choke? Harry, did you get a chance to see this event or at least watch how that played out? Um, I saw a little bit of it, but I, I saw AB play that hole in full. So yeah, I saw it. Yeah. So what's your take on it? First, do you like the whole second? What do you think about his play on it? Was it a choke? Was it like, was it the right shot? Like, what do you think? Yeah. Um, I do like the hole, like, um, uh, coming down the stretch, we see 
It reminds me of hole 17 at USDGC, which has the same rule. Um, and it's, you know, you have to overcome that test to win the major. Uh, and we see the same thing here in hole 16 as a second shot. And I think it's pretty cool. Um, I, I don't really want to throw him under the bus. I mean, it's not like if he had executed it, he would have won for sure. And he just choked it away. I mean, he's still young. I feel like the word choke is, is tossed around a lot in sports. And I mean, for lack of a better term, you can kind of say it was. He definitely gave up the lead on that hole. But was it because um, but, he was nervous with his position? Or do you think he pumped it because he was so pumped? Like when I used to play in a band, we'd practice. Yeah, some people are like, Matt was in a band. Yes, I did guitar and I was a lead singer. Now, when Ooh. we would go out on stage, everything would have way more punch to it. Sometimes the tempo would be a little bit more. And it's because of the excitement, the adrenaline, right? Do you think that's what happened to him? Because he was throwing his shots long. Do you think he was just like full confidence, just like it wasn't a choke? Well, yeah, I mean, I was just about to say that. It, it was kind of weird. I, I saw it like the first shot went long, and then the second shot went long, and then the third shot went long. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I've never been in that situation, like competing for first at a major. It must be pretty stressful. Um, but from the outside looking in, it was obvious to me, like, all right, take a little bit off the brakes, you know, try to throw it a little higher. Maybe it will stall and get to the ground. But, you know, I'm sure all that went through his head, too. Uh, but yeah, I was confused to see him go long consecutively that many times. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, realistically, if we're talking about AB's shot, take out the hole in general, but talking about AB's drive, probably a little bit more pinched on that deep OB than he wanted to be. I did watch him in round three or round two, I think, where he did take a three on the hole because I think he went six, three, four, eight on it. But in round two, let's say, he threw what I would assume is probably the Crystal Raptor and put it. 10 feet from the bucket. I mean, you go with the shot that you feel most comfortable with, and he went to execute that. I mean, some players, Corey Ellis, I'm pretty sure went par, 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 birdie on it. You know, laid it up every single day, and then in the final round to kind of put the hammer in the coffin, against AB at least, was to run the green. Fortunately, he made it. I mean, could we, we can all look at it now as kind of sports people and disc golf, just content people, of... Yeah, AB totally should have laid it up after the second shot, after the third shot. I mean, AB did what he was confident in doing, which was probably his game plan all week was to run that island. And he just missed it in a pristine opportunity where he needed yep. to make it. I mean, you could say he was a little bit pinched off. He should have laid it up. I don't think that's a bad thing to say at all. I mean, we can but say Nick, that now because of what happened yeah, with the Tinkoff. But you can say it. it's like, hey, man, you're a little bit tighter than on that OB than you should have been. Let's just lay up. Let's get the par. You have a great forehand. What happens, Nick, 17. <clears throat> if yeah. he lays up, he gets onto the green, and Corey executes the birdie. And then I think in that scenario, are they one stroke off? Or I think that ties. I think that ties them up. Two, if Corey, up. yeah, so it would have tied. Oh, so he was two up. Yeah, so he's I still believe. one up going he would have been seventeen. One up, but now, yeah, that one up, you go into the next hole, and let's say again, Corey birdies it. AB doesn't. Now you're tied. Now we're throwing what ifs out back. there in that. <laughs> yes, yeah, but I my mean, point I, is, I, I would my rather. My point is that's I, Matt, the conversation rather, we would be having right now. Going, yeah. AB made a bad decision. That's my point. 
And I'm saying okay, that's it, hindsight. We, we could say it, but what? Okay, so if we said if AB laid it up and then lost the tournament because he laid up 16, we could have said, what if he ran it and took an eight, though? How would you rather lose? Because we, we that's can That's what the conversation is. What Either if, way. But yeah, exactly. I my mean, point, realistically. Did you hear my point? My point is that he made the right decision. He shouldn't yeah, have laid it up. I, I that's what I'm trying so. to say. I, but and, I think you could also, I think you could 50 50. The way, the way that I look at it was he was a little deeper than maybe he wanted. And I don't think it would have been bad for him to lay it up. I think he made the right decision in the sense it's what he was comfortable doing. He was confident in that shot. Yes. I maybe throw it once OB and then lay it up, take your five, and then it's a tie ball game. Throwing but, it three times long, it's kind of like once you throw the second one long, now it's just, all right, I got to get onto the freaking green, whatever disc it takes. I don't think you're worried about the number at that point. All right. Now, I think this is the beauty of the bunker rule, though, because if this is normal OB rules and he goes OB, that's two strokes. If he goes OB again, that's four strokes. And you're like, I got to stop the bleeding right away <laughs> where he, he can miss long. And it's only one stroke, one stroke, one stroke, where if you lay up, that's a stroke right there. And then it's going for it again. So you essentially have double the tries to go from it deep. And do you think that you have if you have a. 80% sh- uh, or sorry, uh, 95% shot at making it from the layup spot. Do you think that your percentage is under 50% from where AB was? No, I think it's higher than 50%. So my point being is that that's why the layup doesn't make as much sense. You take away that, that big number. So maybe it's smart in the early rounds, but in that point, every stroke matters. If he misses once and then lays up and then gives up the lead and he's coming from behind like you lose it and i think that's such a hard thing but i think that's where the bunker rule comes into play and i want to say how much i love that rule i think that like i i want to tangent into this real quick is that i think this is how all ob should be at the tour level Mm. At, at this level where you have spotters where you have whole tournament um volunteers everyone's around the tournament to help these players tell them that they need to rethrow which obviously this hole you can pretty easily tell i guess the backside could be hard but uh that's uh getting out of the point here which is like this is how all ob should be like you should get all the distance uh, all the distance back but i like having such a strong penalty when we have these i'm gonna say arbitrary lines that are uh obviously like hard to see as a viewer but when you have the hay bales it's obviously great but like you see all these courses and mm. i'm not trying to throw emporia under the bus but like you're it feels weird to have it be a two-stroke swing but and it also like we can go back to the memorial where players, you know, could just throw it long over the basket. Oh, no, I went OB. Let me tap in a 20 footer for par now. Like you don't have that scenario. You have to actually execute the shot every single time. And sure, there might be other scenarios where laying up is smart. It could be this scenario, too. I'm not 100 percent right. Uh, it, and that's so cool about it. So I absolutely love this whole. I think it sets the stage for this end of this tournament and is one of the reasons why it's so exciting. It worked it here. And the last thing I want to say is uh, I think Harry, you kind of nailed it on the head. You, you, by definition, you can maybe call this a choke for maybe. I, I'm not going to go there. It's, I'll say, learning opportunity again. <laughs> AB, as young as he is, I mean, he's he's getting past college. He's no longer a kid, but he's still a young disc golfer. Getting in these situations, it's it's good. Like it's still a net positive. He he has been in the situation. The next time he plays, he's going to have a little bit less nerves. He's going to be more, better situated every single time he plays now because of this. What did we see with Corey Ellis messing up all like all these times and having all these heartbreak moments? He goes on to have a huge win. I think we know AB will get there eventually. And the more times we see him in this scenario, the better he's going to get. All right, Harry Chase is back for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> 
I mean, the chat, it's hard to ignore the chat sometimes. We, we, we try to have a good conversation and include you at the same time. Someone said like, well, if he had laid up, you know, he'd still be at least in, in it, not out of it. But you don't know that. And this is Nick's point a minute ago. Matt, there's so many what ifs. Like, we saw James Conrad throw it in to keep the game going at Worlds. You know what I mean? Like, someone else laid up. It's like, you, you don't, in hindsight is, as Nick said, 2020. Yeah. So I think we go he made, with, he, he made, made the, the decision yep, and he, he was confident yeah. in. And went for it, and it didn't pan out this time. Do you think the pressure of Macbeth on the bag was like, uh, do you think no, it felt No, everyone is making <laughs> such a massive... Dude, Charlie would not stop talking oh, about Macbeth the, on the, the bag, Macbeth on the bag, Macbeth on the bag. Like, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, LeBron it was on just, the It was court, wild to me you know? how many... I, if I took a shot for every single time that Charlie <laughs> said Macbeth on the bag, dude, I'd be wasted still. I'd still be wasted. Yes, because like, you're used to it. Tell Nick. me how you really you're feel, used to it. You're used to it. But back in the day, had Paul caddied for you on Am side, that would have been something to you. It would have put pressure on you. Paul's known AB for yeah. 15 years. I, was hoping I mean, it's not like Paul just went to some <laughs> random dude who's potentially going to win a major. He yeah. went to one of his closest yeah, friends imagine. that he's known for a long time and said, hey, man, I'll help you out. I'll carry your yeah. bag for you. All right. But so I was like, stretching it a little bit. But yeah. the point is... Yeah. He's there, and now, so that's not a non-issue, but I think yeah. there had to be some awkwardness there. If you're Paul, I didn't text Paul, he's probably traveling now, but like, there had to have been a little awkwardness of like, uh-oh, like, he just threw OB, no big deal, like, then again, and again, and you're just like, hey, turning around, get another disc out, get it on, like, you don't want to say yeah. anything, you're just like, oh, uh, The bag stinks. was on the ground, but, okay. sorry, not to nitpick that <laughs> statement. Why did he put it on the ground? <laughs> um, okay, Harry, you're back. So you said disc golf is something that you think you want to see yourself doing. You just graduated. You have a Canadian disc golf, disc mania open or something on your schedule in Canada. That may or may not work out for you, depending on passport, I think you told me. But like, what else do you have on the calendar? Oh, we. It, oh no, you didn't say hey, oh, Evan. We lost his voice. He did the whole mute, unmute thing. So listen, real quick, now that we have him back, he's looking good, but just quit out of the browser and go back in. It should be fine. I don't know. It's a glitch sometimes. Um, You can literally close it. Yeah, there we go. Um, Yeah, Harry played uh, Preserved, by the way, earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Well, you can ask him what he thinks about it. You know, 89th at Preserve. Uh, unfortunately, didn't get cash, but. Um, he is scheduled to play Worlds and and just mini open, but I I know Matt, you're getting right there, and I want to hear from from it himself instead of just looking at his uh, PDGA page. Yeah, um, we did give away all the slots to my backyard disc golf tournament barbecue, uh, all the fan slots, I should say. Um, there will be other invites for special whoever <laughs> to come and play. It should be a good time. But just so everyone knows, from the last episode, we have filled the fan slots. Harry Chase is on the invite list to come to my backyard disc golf tournament barbecue, but it is the same day as the Disc Mania Open. Again, it's all up in the air whether or not he goes due to a passport. Can you hear us? Can you? Why can we hear him? Giving weird. Yeah, I think it's too much. Oh, it's fuzzy. Now. He's even more. He's even more robotic Did you turn than he was on an Alien filter, dude. It's say say say. No, I am for, not from your planet. No, <laughs> it's um. <laughs> Try unplug. I don't know. Try unplugging the headphones and plugging them back in. It looks like you're wired. Something's weird with the yeah. uh, connection. That's like straight out of like 2010, right there. You know, you have your your. I AirPod. can hear this like oh, not iPod headphones. Yeah. In. yeah, I hear I hear the crackling. Harry, every time say another word. 
Now we can't even hear him. I don't even think Harry can hear yeah, us. He, Harry, we can't hear him. Try one more time to go out and in. Try it again. Um, I know he can hear us, but there's something going on on his end. I would love to Boot hear him the out, answer ben. that. <clears throat> okay. Do you know what he could do? If you could still hear us, uh, Harry, just take out the headphones and just use your phone straight up, but maybe close out and come back in. Close out, come back in, and just go straight up, no headphones, maybe. All right? Yeah, we'll, we'll see if we, that works for him. I don't know if he can still hear me. Can you still hear me, Harry? This is the nature of a live event. Sorry. No, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> he's just on his own in the green room. Okay. Um, again, while we wait for him, if he's able to make it back. Um, private courses. We've talked the about courses so much over like the past years. I think it was one of our first topics ever, Nick. Like one of the first in the first few episodes. Probably. And it was about yeah. the beast or Yarva. Sorry. Yarva. <laughs> we probably talked about the beast too, but no, but, that's no, we didn't talk about it. Cause that's probably a public course. Yarva <clears throat> though. Yes. Now. How about the audio, Harry? Hello, world, Kimmy. <laughs> Welcome to planet Earth, Harry what? Aliens. Something really weird, dude. And I don't know what it is. I don't think it's our end, but let me. Hello, world. Yeah, is it we're... not coming out of the headphones earlier? I don't know what it is. It might happening. be, it, like, I don't know. My Harry, laptop's say, take me to your later. No, no. Real quick. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try to do it one more refresh on this side just to see if it does anything. Like, re. Connecting uh, him. Yeah, now it's making a weird scraping noise. Yeah. Oh, Ooh. it's gone. Are Oops. you there, Harry? Scraping's gone. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Harry, you sound you sound a little bit better, <laughs> but it sounds like you haven't hit puberty yet. So <laughs> you sound like you're a seven year old boy. It sounds like helium. It sounds like you just took in helium. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this this interview has gone off the rails. I don't know what else to say. What happened? I don't know what happened. Um, I'm trying to think of other options here. We could do a phone call, but sometimes that feels weird after a little bit. <sighs> I don't know what to say. Um, uh, Matt, you can hear me. I can try logging onto a computer. Yeah, try yeah, try do a computer. That. Use that same link, and if you need me to resend it in the Facebook Messenger, I can do that. But uh, try that I'm on a computer, to. webcam, or whatever you got. It's really crazy. <laughs> Dude, I've laughed a bit tonight. I'm glad you brought your inhaler down. To those listening post, I hope you're enjoying this and not finding it extremely annoying. I'm sorry this happens. It's a live this show. This is weird, though. This, like, never happened. Okay. What's happening yeah. now? So, uh, private, private courses. courses. So, when I watched this event, and this is why the topic came up for me, it stood out more than ever that this was not a private course. It, like, more than ever. And... What it was for me was like seeing things like we've brought up many years in the past, but this year it's more evident than ever. You have like park goers around. You can kind of see them. Uh, you see the cars close to the course, like fairways driving down roads. You have fences for athletic fields. It's that motorcycle, I think was Razzin. <laughs> yes. Was it Kyle Clyde in yes. round two? Mustang or motorcycle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So like more than ever. And what's crazy is it used to be something we could talk about, but it wasn't like drastic when you're watching. Now it's reached that place where I'm like thinking through every course that they play on that we love now. Most of them are private nowadays. That's the future, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're close to being extinct with yeah. public courses. Yeah. And when we rated our top five courses on tour, I, I mean, I was very adamant to have a quick rant about it. And that was my, my point. It's such a fabulous course that's incredibly thoughtfully designed. 
it gets incredibly exciting finishes like we saw uh, in MPO. Uh, but it's it's tough. It, it's tough. As many fans as you can get there, it's 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 hard. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's going the, away. The big the biggest thing is we can talk about private courses for the tour. But the thing is that private course has to survive when the tour is not there. So now it turns into everyone in disc golf. We we've all been spoiled with free courses and there are lots. Most of the courses that I play here in Virginia, they are all free courses. Now, some of them are up kept better than other ones, but up in Massachusetts, majority of the courses that I would play are pay to play courses. And that's just the kind of differences. If I was to, you know, set up a course in Georgia where everything is free, but I want to set up a really, really kick-ass course. I buy 70 acres of land and I make this awesome private course. But in order for me to kind of survive with that course, I get to charge $15 per round or $300 for a membership or, you know, whatever. How many people are actually going to go and support that? And so that's where the support of the local disc golf community is massive in order for that to survive. Maple Hill survives because of the support of the massive community and other business ventures with it. Pyramid, same thing. Like, those courses survive because of the local community, not just the one week of the year that the tour stops there. Mm, yeah, it's so true. It's just at the pro level, it's just becoming more and more evident when you see yeah. it that way. You're right. It has to be designed full functionally because of where disc golf is at right now. We're not at PGA level, but again, yeah. it always this gets brought up like the masters, yeah. like the regular audience of golfers are not playing Augusta national. Like they're not right. It's, it is only for the elites, but again, we're not at that same place, obviously, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest things is we are casually talking about this last week off of air, but, and this is a, ch a question for the chat is what is the most you would play for a private course? And <laughs> yeah, I'm we just can go genuinely back to that episode. How much would you pay? Yeah, I mean, 50 bucks. dude, that's like episode one or two. I mean, I, I said it, a destination course like Yarva used to be, I would have paid a hundred bucks to play around there because of the significance and the historical value that there is. Yeah. I, I mean, and I'm also talking about like if there's amenities, like I want to hang out, I want to hang out in the pro shop, you know, whatever. There are things that go along with that, but you know, I, I have no idea what Maple Hill costs nowadays. But people are paying I think that it's money. Like, every it's either eighteen day. or twenty dollars on I the think weekend. Peak, peak is twenty. Yeah. Okay. Peak, so peak, peak is twenty dollars per round, and but, you get to go into a, a pretty sweet pro shop. And you know, other than that, there's not like, you know, oh my gosh to rave about except for this course is sick and they have like 15 different layouts that i can play someone in the chat like just said six, they'd but. pay 50 dollars probably to pay maple hill and yep it's working so let's bring harry back in we'll give him the music and everything <laughs> we can hear you wow. i'm harry chase yeah dude like you'll you'll listen to it back and it's humorous i hope you don't mind i mean it was funny for us so Harry Chase is back. Uh, how much would you pay to... You've played Preserve. You've played some big courses. We're going to get back to interviewing you in a second, but we're still in another conversation again. Um, how much would you pay to play like a destination course? If you had a chance, even not competition related. Let's say you're Yarva or wherever. Pick any amazing course and say, I have one chance to play it. How much would you pay to play? Um, I would say for anything that's in ground right now, I think... $20 would probably be the limit I would pay. You travel all uh, the way out to Europe and you're like, you do, dude, Yarva's right down the road. I have one chance and they're charging 50 bucks. You say no. 
Sup? I don't really have a job, so <laughs> you just made you just made your highest earnings <laughs> in a PDGA event, dude. You got money. No, I, I You're disc golf rich. A tiers, like, baby. That's for, funny. For a course that was like actually like our true destination, I, I would pay fifty. Yeah. Okay. Oh. That's so. Now, funny. what about what about non destination? What about non destination courses? Like, hey, you're driving through an area and it's got a four point eight star rating on UDisc and it's a pay to play course. Like, are you thinking ten, fifteen bucks, five bucks? Or are you trying? Yeah. Are, are at that point? Are you trying to just find a free course that's got a three point two star rating? Hmm. No, I, I don't mind. I mean, four point eight. I mean, that's that's high. I mean, I'd, I'd pay ten or fifteen bucks for that. Um, and my local course is five bucks cash, and you know, I don't mind paying that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, compared to ball golf, it's it's kind of like nothing, and, yeah. and most courses aren't free anyway. So, mm-hmm. no, I don't mind it, and you know, I play <laughs> up in Maine a good amount. And those courses are all, you know, five, ten bucks. So, yeah. I mean, if there's two similar, I'll probably just go to the one that's free. Right. Um, but you know, I, I don't mind if five bucks, and especially if it's worth it. Yeah. And they take good care of it. That's the other thing. Yep. You know, if the fairways are clean and they're actually putting work into it, and definitely worth it. All right. The last question we'd asked you, and now you have great it's everything's good we're golden green cell phone bar coverage or whatever wi-fi good now so we said disc mania open you are on team disc mania correct yep okay so disc mania open is happening in canada is that on pei the island yes it is and i already threw it out there like passport possible issues i mean are you going to get it or you don't know it's up in the air if you're going to play that event yeah, I just applied for it, and I guess they're taking a little longer right now. So it's like slated to arrive about the week that it is. Ooh. So I'm not really sure. We'll we'll wish the Go best Express. for you. <clears throat> well, I have a either way. You know, I'll I'll be at the. I mean, is that a public? Am I allowed to say? Yeah, it? you're allowed to say. I told him you got like the last fan slot, so you get to come. Fan slot. Yeah, oh, I'm going as a fan. <laughs> Uh, okay. The chat, you hold down the chat. <laughs> well, you could be a celebrity if you take down another event or two. It's true, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. You gotta, oh, here's God. the deal. No, no, I'm just joking. It, it, but yeah, we, no, we need it. So way, Paul Kranz, a shout out. Now I'm telling everyone their itinerary of people. Paul Kranz will maybe be there. I was trying to put these head-to-heads out there that I can watch while sitting on my deck enjoying barbecue. So it's like my entertainment. <laughs> it's like play <laughs> i'm gonna watch live disc golf but no that should be a good time so i, I do hope you're able to play one or the exactly you're gonna have fun either way um what's your next uh event besides that like on the tour schedule is there any i mean you can't get into maple hill i don't think unless you know something i don't are they doing slots for that now like or are you playing world somehow like what, what are your events for this year yeah um i'm playing worlds so I'll be there in Vermont. Excited for that. Um, and yeah, like you said about MVP Open, I'm, I'm not sure what they're doing this year. I know last year they had the qualifying spots and they actually let a lot of people in from that. Uh, but it seems like they're probably going to make it more exclusive every year. And we'll see about this year. But I'd love to play it if I had the opportunity. What's crazy, and I'm just thinking out loud now. Again, I will use the word fluid. I know the Disc Golf Pro Tour, it's a fluid situation with everything FPO related. That could all change. Could. Um, I guess I'm kind of holding out hope. But if it didn't, man, they could open up a lot of spots and, and bring in more money for the MPO side. But I don't know. Who knows? 
but yeah. but nothing else right now. So Worlds, and I'm excited to hear that you're going to be at Worlds because now a lot of people listening here are going to recognize the name Harry Chase when you're climbing the leaderboard. So that'll be great. Yeah. What are your thoughts going into Worlds? Are you like what I say? Maybe goals. You've played Brewster Ridge Open a few times. You played GMC last year. Uh, you tied Simon Lazat, but you know, is the the tight playoff field so ultimately didn't get cash you mentioned playing it as a junior too is that a course that you're really comfortable with that you think you can shoot really well and climb the leaderboards oh yeah definitely like like you mentioned i mean i was there as early as 2018 uh playing that tournament and the first time i actually played disc golf at all was in 2015 and it was there too um and then yeah so i i played gmc last year the bro twice now um you know obviously i i like playing practice rounds and stuff but i feel like i know the course super well and you know i'm not trying to put any expectations on myself but i really think with a good performance and playing how i know i can that i'll be in the cash so trying for that what did you average i'm trying to pull it up this this past weekend for rating wise we we use ratings obviously to get an understanding of how you performed i thought i saw like a thousand i got 50, 1036 1036 average what was the hot round do you have that evan um well, yeah it's like 1058 your last round wasn't it or 1064 yeah i think it was came in at 1060 on the dot 1060 yeah, because yeah. you went what ten down blue to blues and then eleven down blue to blues. Just by score to par, yeah, it's yeah. We were watching eleven down. Me, me, my, me, and Cody, and actually all the boys. We were talking in our group chat. We're like, dude, Harry is smoking everyone right now up at uh Warwick, and we were laughing because the first day we were um on Friday, I played an A tier Kinder Crusher. I'll shout that out in a little bit, but um Fish came to that one, and we were wondering why he wasn't up at Warwick, and he was like, ah, oh, it's in maryland i mean like the tournament that we were at was in maryland so he's like hey, it's just too hard to beat not coming home yeah so incredible performance again people are in the chat that's why i was bringing it up people in the chat are like who is this <laughs> who is this harry and they say harry chance <laughs> harry chance <laughs> an up-and-comer for sure harry uh you again i'll just throw it out there maybe it doesn't sound like accolades but to beat steve brinster by um 10 at a course, this is was at his courses, right? Or no? Maybe not. Whoa. One uh, of his local w- ones. Okay. Yeah, Warwick is like the course. I actually remember doing a stat for this. I don't know if it was last year or the year before, but Fish won this numerous times in a row. Brinster won it, I, I don't even, I, I think it was like 10 times in a row. Fish even like commented on our stats saying uh, that it was before being called the Warwick Disc Golf Championships. I think it was called like Animal something. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm remembering right, I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure. So like Brinster has won this so many times in history. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, people mentioned Paul Macbeth at Memorial. I think that level like dominance you, you think of a player with that tournament. So beating him by 10, you think, yeah. you think like that's a huge accomplishment. Man, he, he, this is, you know, I'm not, you're not rated by your internet quality. I'll put it that way. I'm going to say like your disc golf <sighs> abilities. I think the better you are, the worse internet you have to have. For a while, yeah, you're getting cocky. You're like five, five bars, all green. Dude, it, it was, was looking solid. good. It was died. just slowly, right. slowly. So I don't know. He's not here That's right okay. now. For our audio listeners, they're like, "Is he there? He's not here right now." But 
He what comes were we back, talking about we'll right before Harry came back in? It was, it was whether we'd courses. pay for private courses and all that. Oh, that's right. Um, that, yeah. That's enough of that one. So I, also I did want to say, yes, actually, well, I mean, this might be what you're getting in, uh, Matt, and I may be cutting you off, but you see in the press conference, yep. you did mention is. that the uh, Nokia uh, Park, uh, I don't know if there's an official name to it besides the Nokia Disc Golf Park, they're putting in a pool or adding an extension to the pool, something like that, and the construction will take up enough of the course that they won't be able to, most likely, I, I don't think it was definite, most likely won't be able to play the European Open as normal at the Beast in 2025. Well, so next maybe. year, it, it, yeah, 2024 should be good, but they were, again, it was a maybe, it's not definitive. Yeah. It's just what they're kind of planning for, thinking of alternate options. Sounds maybe. like a water I, hazard. Yeah. But actually, uh, <laughs> no, but actually, this is the point of, again, saying private courses away in the future. This has happened now. And I think this conversation came up a few times in discussion about Winthrop university like they have agreements i don't know how contracts actually hold up you know shout out to disc golf the law we could talk about that but like contracts and agreements can be broken pretty easily um so anyways i think the private's the way of the future if this so the fact why would he go out and say this is he giving people a, a significant heads up or dun, 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 is he saying Hey, we might lose this course. You need to give us worlds in June or July of 2025. That's our last chance because we're going to have that course in Tampere or whatever you say it. Tampere. So, Tampere. So, yeah, in tandem. I mean, at the same time, they could probably get another course that uh, I don't know if it's going to rival the Beast, but at the same time, they could probably get a more open course if they want a world. It's not like if the if the Beast goes away, they'll never get a bid for worlds again. That's I can't imagine that that's yeah. the case, but I'm I'm not like you know I'm not a Finnish expert. I they have a lot of great courses. Obviously, it's still a big enough country. It's not like every single city's touching each other. If you host Worlds in Finland, it it could be a handful of different cities that could potentially host it. But Tampere and Nokia are right next to each other, so I know that was kind of the rumor or plan on the bid to have the Tampere disc golf course that we have seen. I mean, I was saying it in the group chat how excited I was and that everyone should go and watch that uh, from, I think, the Prodigy Disc Pro Tour last season. I think Gatekeeper had it on their channel for English commentary. That course is absolutely phenomenal. It's a mostly wooded course. It works out super well, but I think you still do need that open uh, spectator-heavy course in the spectators we see at the uh, European Open. you got to fit them in somewhere, so they might need to find a, uh, a property that can fit all of that. Yeah. Okay. Harry, the last thing we heard when you were leaving, it sounded like you were typing and it wasn't typing. Like we knew you weren't typing, but it was like this, like type, 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 type sound. People were like, who's typing? <laughs> so you're bringing us a lot of entertainment entertainment tonight. Um, but let's go ahead. If you're ready, Evan, let's get into sadder fiction. Intern Ben, let's can you do hit it. that for us? Yes, sir. You know this game, Harry. This is your chance to play it. Presented by Stab Mando. I don't know where the voiceover is anymore, but Evan, bring us the game. Harry's been a fan of the show for a while. He knows how it's played, so just give it to us. Awesome. Well, the fans at home might not know, but they can learn it as we go if you're a new viewer this week. Uh, let's get into it. Stat or fiction number one. Kristen Tatar, and I, I got a lead in stat here. I always got to preface that. Kristen Tatar earned 8250 US dollars from this win. Um, I, I had that right. Did I convert that over, or was that the euros? I'm, no, yeah, no, I, I'm pretty USD. sure that's USD. I, I'm second guessing myself. No, I think that was fiction. euros. It's euros because I looked it up and I think it was like eleven thousand converted or something. 
Hold on, hold on. I got it right here. Hey like, Siri, convert eight thousand euros prize, to dollars on PDGA. It says prize in U.S. dollars. We're good. Eighty-two fifty. Okay, we're good. All we're right, good. Statter Fiction does this to me. That's the point of the game. <laughs> That's how it originated. We don't need to go into that. But scared me for a second. All so, right. She did earn eight thousand two hundred fifty <laughs> USD from this win. Statter Fiction number one is that is double her next highest prize cash at a European. PDGA event. Stat. Ooh, 8,250 is double the next highest prize cash at a European PDGA event. Nick's I, already on the board with stat. I don't actually have information to tell me, but the feeling is similar to Nick. I feel like that's got to be. She hasn't won this event before, and I don't know how many others are paying out. What would it have to be? 4,000 and something. But Okay, stop. 4,125 would be half. There you go. Uh, Harry Chase, you're on. You know, game the system and make a quick move. Are you going to go with us? No, I, I, think, I think I'm going to go fiction. Oh. Game in it. Ooh, looking for the uh, solo lead. Uh, and before I give the answer, I just want to say she did win a European event the weekend before the European Open. But that was less than half. That was her next highest, which is four thousand dollars. So it is oh, a stat. Sheesh. That was close. Yeah. That was close, Harry. Did you that, have that thought in your head about that event? Because I had totally slipped on yeah, that one. Yeah, no. I, I I thought Sula would be would have been. Wow. Or it was just PCS now. Yeah. How I close mean, 4, was it? Four thousand, not a bad payday. It was four thousand. Oh, it was a hundred so, something bucks short, Harry. Yeah. Bucks. Yeah, it's close. It's close. That's Setter Fiction, though. All right, I got to lead in one again before we get in number two. Corey Ellis, of course, won the European Open. He only had one previous top 20 at a major, and that was fourth at Champions Cup last year. So Statter Fiction number two is he is the only player to win an MPO major in the last 10 years with one or fewer previous top 20s at an MPO major. So... Tori Ellis it one more time? is the only player to win an MPO major in the last 10 years with one or fewer previous top 20s at an MPO major. So when they won that wow. event, how many top 20s did they have in a major? I'm saying Corey Ellis is the only one because he had one top 20 previously. He's the only one in the last 10 years to win with one or zero previous top 20s. Man, like there's Doesn't a lot matter of how many they play. They could have played none. They could have played 100. But they never finished top 20. I'm not going to give all my thoughts right or now. More than one. can do that after. But I guess I'm going to say fiction. As in, right, Harry. as in that means someone else has done this before. Okay. Yeah, in the last 10 years. Ooh, had that's one a or long fewer. time, though. That is a long time. That's the problem. That is all right, July Harry, 25th, think? 2013 is the cutoff. Yeah, I'm going to say fiction as well. I'll go stat. All right, somebody's getting points here. The correct answer is stat. He is the only player in the last 10 years to do it with one or fewer. Uh, some people you might be thinking of, Isaac Robinson had five previous. Gannon Burr had three previous. James Conrad, when he won 2019, USTGC had four previous. I thought that's uh, what I just said. I, I, I'm i going to take no point there, but that's what I said after I answered. Right? I was like, he's the only one to have done it. Oh well. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, okay, it's we'll, all good. I don't need we'll the do point. Some more double check I clearly we'll said fiction. <laughs> the last player was more than ten years ago, but it was Ricky Wysocki at 2011 PDGA Championship. 
uh, did it with only one previous top 20. That was only his third major start. I was going to say, because he, he won a major very early in his Elite Series career, didn't he? Yep. Yep. Yeah, third major event for him. Uh, second top 20, yeah. so he did it. But that was over 10 years ago, so that's you why brought it up, is a step. You brought up the names I was thinking of. I was like, okay, Gannon Burr. I was like, no, he played well enough at plenty of majors before that. Uh, Isaac Robinson has played pretty well at other majors before that. And my brain started going down. I'm thinking these old timers, and I'm like, no, they didn't have as much of a competitive field, so like it was easier to play. I don't mean that any diss, but like they were more likely to... I, so, I thought I had said the right one, but I got it backwards. Nick, you're in the lead. Good job. All right. Let's get into the third and final one. So Corey Ellis, after round one, was in 33rd place, six strokes behind Kyle Klein. That is the lead in stat to uh, get your knowledge up. The stat or fixture number three is this is the worst round one placement, excuse me, uh, by any eventual MPO major winner in the 21st century. So what I'm saying is no, mm-hmm. uh, in the 21st century, no MPO major winner was in 33rd or worse place after round one, just round one specifically. Oh man, you got to play the odds on this and say it's not likely. So he, that's the worst placement is what I'm saying. So you're telling me if that is true, uh, it is a stat. It was the worst placement of the 21st century. For I'm the going MPO with the odds winner. stat. And but to get my competitors here to go the other way, there's definitely times that Paul didn't come out that hot and he won. But I don't know if 33rd is there, but I'm gonna say stat. Yeah, and this is specifically at majors too. Right. Doesn't include elite or silver, if that's close enough to you. All right, Harry. Harry. You're up oh, next. Yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go fiction. I think just because We've had longer majors than just four rounds. We've mm-hmm. had five round, even like six round majors, Good probably call. in the 21st century. So Good call. I don't think it's happened, but who knows? I could go for the easy dub and just say stat. You know, I could just play the game like that, but I actually like Harry's thinking on it. So I'll go fiction because I think that's originally. Steve Falco rule. He hasn't commented ever. Ever I'm since so that sad. day. Like, we yeah, named, a, we named think, a play after him. I don't think he's ever known we've called it that. It's great. I think he stopped yeah, watching. He, he was so annoyed. Does that cause you, know, you to pause yeah. and wonder how many other podcasts use your name in a podcast and you have no idea? It's possible, right? They're like, oh, it's the Harry Chase rule. And you're like, dude, I never heard, like, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> that, that, that's You don't want to incentivize commenting uh, hateful yeah. comments to podcasts. <laughs> We're the only ones that give a, a rule to a hateful co- I mean, I guess maybe not he hateful. He wasn't hateful. Comment, he was but, passionate yeah. about, like, don't. Yeah. Play I think that's the why game. he never came back. <laughs> Like literally, Probably, we started. We still use, play the game that way. Yeah, like he just he, we started yeah. to use his name, but he did he never listened to it because he was like, "I'm sick uh, of this show because it's that fiction and how gosh. they play it wrong." If this game okay. was for money and I was the host, I would do right. a uh, a better job. At I was gonna that. say because this means if Matt's right, everyone stat 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 tonight. Whoa! So. Didn't even think about that. Yep. He never does. All, All right. right, what is it? This is a stat. In the 21st century, that is the worst placement after round one for any eventual winner. We're going to a playoff. This is the playoff music. I want to know who the players were. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. We got a playoff. That was the top. Yeah, that that was the... No, that was the one person. Never mind. I lied. What I will say is we had, as far as I can see... Dealing with uh, older data can be tough pre-internet days. 
Um, as far as I can see, there's only one event where a player was in a worse position, but it was in the 20th century, in the 1900s. Uh, majors first started in 1982 for MPO. So you have any year from 1982 to 1999. What year was the worst placement? And I'll say they were 35th after round one and went on to win. Oh, what were the years again? Uh, between 1982 and 1999. 1982 was the first world championship, the first PDGA major. It was MPO only. Because it wasn't in the 21st century, we can go all the way to 1999. Maybe it's so, 85, 87. No. And I'm just going to play the game now. 91. 88. No. I think uh, that's yeah, a good move. I think that's a yeah. good move. Yeah. All right. Not if I lose. Oh, wait, let, let Harry guess. He, he does, can't Harry, win, but. Here we go. Say 90, 90 on the dot. Oh, he picked in between Nick and me. Mm-hmm. And every single one of these is going to be worlds except for 99, I think was the first non-worlds major. I'd have to double check. I, I believe they the Japan Opens weren't majors in the 90s. But the correct answer is 1985 worlds. Nick gets the uh Sam closest. Ferens? Nope. Oh. Guess again. You'll know this name. Scott Stoke. No. Uh, Climo. Nope. Climo didn't want until 1990. Steady. Harold Duval. Sam Ferris uh, was close. I was in the right ballpark. Yeah. I think he was 84, 86. It was okay. one of the even numbers around it. Uh, he was PDG number t- 2018, which was always fun because that's a year. Um, obviously, we're past that year, but it was a year. So it was uh, 2017. Uh, stop it but it's in 1994 (laughs) so he was uh four strokes behind the leader after round one but it was a packed field i say this you know sometimes you can hover over the round and figure out what layout it is i don't i'm not a historian of you know 80s world championships i would believe at that point they were all playing the same course on the same day um but you know there's always the chance they're playing different courses whatnot i mean there's a lot of players close so that's very cool to see uh but of course it was so long ago uh can't 100 percent confirm but that is my assumption that that was the lowest place anyone has ever been after round one to then go on to win a major in mpo wow well 85 was a good year it was the year I was yeah. born. That was one of the. Oh, look at that! I did not even know that. I guess yeah. Stat or fiction? Uh, Stat. You said you said 1985 and one of your like four I guesses. Know, I know. I felt like in my head 85 stood out, and I was like, no, it's just your year of birth, dude. That's all. But I remember like applying that there was a big worlds, and I was like, oh, it was 85. But anyways, yeah, good game. And I was in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, dude. Nice. Uh, junior worlds. Not that everyone loves junior worlds. I do. We're going there next year, Tulsa. Oh, okay. very cool. Back to kind of some of the roots, yeah, of disc golf. But mm-hmm. all right, well, that was a good game, Harry. Uh, the in and out that might have actually did more than Gannon Burr has done on our show when he's gone in and out a few times. That might be our new record. Definitely new record. Um, yeah that that might convince me to get off Boost Mobile. Um, <laughs> that, that might have been the reason. Boost I don't know. Mobile. You might have to wait until you get That's a job great. to get off that one. Um. So we always ask people if there's a way to support you. Do you have any way through sponsors or anybody else, if they use a code or anything, can they support you? Um, I would say the only thing right now is um, my Instagram, Chase the Chains. I will be 
probably posting in the next two or three weeks um, my fundraiser disc for the year. So it's not immediate. Uh, I don't have anything set up right now. But um, Well, let us know when you get those as well so we can re-shout them out on the show. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. Thanks, Nick. Absolutely. Thanks, Harry. We'll catch up with you another and time. His Venmo is at Harry Chase. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. We're we're done with that. <laughs> I mean, the generosity of our fans. I said it before. I think Philo walked away with a couple yeah. hundred. It was pretty cool. So yeah, everyone, um, give him a dollar to get off Boost Mobile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, we'll get a super chat for it. Okay. See you later, Harry. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Have a good evening. All right. Thanks for dealing with my internet. Oh, Peace. no problem. Peace out, awesome. everyone. Peace out boost seriously harry chase has been in the chat for years uh it's very cool he's when a that moderator, happens in fact and he makes it in from the chat to here it's like he's one of us <laughs> he's made yeah. it from the chat it's like yeah it's pretty cool so uh and he's a great disc golfer um mm -hmm. wow uh that was a lot of fun tonight's episode had a lot of craziness i have to go back and re-watch the background hey evan evan hey i was just gonna like yell at him to stop like in a i mean polite way maybe i said it a little loud and then was gonna continue on but but nobody guys, else heard it so there you're just talking and then like I, hey I, stop. I i knew that all the viewers and listeners would have no clue what i was talking about i was aware of that but i was like I, I, he was talking back and forth with you guys, and I was like, that's yeah, fine. I'm talking over it. And then when he called me out, I just want to be like, we're getting the emotion. <laughs> and that that's because intern Ben clearly messaged him. So we have this cool uh, system for bringing in guests. It's really amazing as a producer and director. And we can send direct messages to their, like, their feed. Uh, everyone's like, that's not new technology. But, like, we can send it direct, pops up on their phone, or, and it says, say... Hey, Evan, Evan, or something like that. Yeah, I literally just said, say, say, hey, Evan, really loud as an audio test. <laughs> what a hey, that was one of your funnier pranks. It uh, was a prank. I'll accept it there. Okay. So. Um, but yeah, so it was a good show. So tonight, as we get ready to close out again, just a reminder, 48 hours from right now. So like right now, if I look at the screen, it says, uh, I guess it's our awesome. Hey, interesting. Let me see. Uh, awesome. I think, did it say you are awesome? I think it's Rossum. Okay, but it's scrolling across the bottom. It says latest subscriber. This is specific for YouTube because that's what we're focusing on right now. Obviously, we love the listeners uh, to our podcast platforms. I look at the numbers there all the time, but we can't see names associated with that unless you leave a review. Yeah, it just says R Awesome. Rossum. <clears throat> no, I think it's R Awesome. Jeremia? Rossum. Do you remember Jeremia? Yes. And you guys are like, it's Jeremiah. It's definitely Rossum. <laughs> so... Where I'm going with this is next 48 hours. Again, I'm going to do a random number generator. Um, let me just say this. Hey, Siri, pick a number between 1 and 48. I hope it doesn't say it out loud. If it does, I have to do it again. Don't say it out loud. Oh, it says one second. Okay, but it's going to pick a number, and then I'm going to look at that hour and see who our latest subscriber was. Okay, Siri's taking his time. We'll figure this out after. I'm going to look. Siri.org. sometimes. Shameless plug to random.org. Okay, here we Not go. Not shameless. I don't own yeah. it. But that that is the ultimate random number. Okay, I'll just do it right now. But I can't tell you. I can text you guys what it is <coughs> for, for like fairness, but I can't tell yeah, everybody that'd be else. awesome if you did that. <laughs> Goodness. Okay. I'm and going to text the group this so they all know we're in the clean uh, and everyone else can trust all of us together. We're not all going to scam everybody. 
I just texted the hour number that it gave me between 148. Uh, some point in that hour, some point in that hour, I'm going to open it up and I'm going to see who our latest subscriber was. If it's you, you're going to win two discs and some swag. We'll get it shipped to you. We'll call out your YouTube username. I don't know if there's an easier way to contact you. So you have to listen next week and we'll award that prize to you. Again, we're trying to get subscribers. That's the goal here. So the next 48 hours, a real big push there. Again, cool. also the very large, if we hit 10,000, we're doing the giveaway for the big MVP open package, which some people are already very excited about. What else, Nick? I I had something really Evan. quick. Go ahead, Evan. We talked about Anthony Barella mm. and the pressure of the final round. But, oh man, oh man, not this music. <laughs> this is going to make me sound like a hater, but Calvin Heimberg enters the final round with a two-stroke lead. Matt, you have commented on Calvin Heimberg uh, closing out events in the past. In uh, I think in early 2022, you were strong you did not believe he could i'm gonna say it he proved you wrong he's won numerous events since then uh not that he's been this like crazy final round killer but he's been good closed him out gotten a bunch of wins when you see this performance at the european open is this does this sway your opinion either way are you further in the the, the camp of calvin heimberg's not going to close it out than you were let's say early 2022 do you think it's going to happen in a major ever? I want to hear all your thoughts. Mm, so that's the first time anyone's ever told me they want to hear all my thoughts. So I appreciate that. <laughs> yes. It's really I might nice be the only person, but I do want to hear. It's them. very interesting. So if we go back to 22, um, I was being as straightforward as I could be. And I think most people would agree with me in some way that he was the best player to not win. You could pick him to be in the podium every week and it would be a good pick. But you wouldn't pick him to win, not because he couldn't, but because he wouldn't. Some reason, somehow, some way. And that's why I was just like, hey, this is an easy bet. It goes back to, like, in, it's two times in one show, Paul saying you can count on Ricky to choke. It's like, at that point, it, was, it seemed like a good bet. It's changed. And that's what happened this year. I said, man, he's coming out. I'm going to make a, a pick to pick him. And I did, and he won. That was the first event of the year. I was like, wow, look at that. Um, he seemed unshakable in the sense of like, he, he, it looked like he could care. Uh, he wasn't caring very much. He just throws his pot. I love how he plays. Um, he did it a few times. And then the last few weeks, it's really weird because the effort, it almost looks like he doesn't care. So now you're hearing my thoughts in the real moment. Like, I know he does, so I'm not trying to be harsh and saying he doesn't care. But it's just like, he's just like, like, all right, I'll just throw my shot, whatever. And maybe it's a good, good disc golf mentality or just golf in general. But his putts, specifically his putts, they seem to be coming out somewhat, it's not rushed. And I don't even think it's lazy, but it's got this weird lackadaisical, like, just boop, and it's not working. Um, that happened at preserve. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> like this guy, like he's in this funk right now to where <sighs> I'm not ready to pick him again. I'm going back to 2022, Evan. But if this was a three round event, he would have been the winner. I mean, obviously, uh, pressure aside, but I mean, to get the lead through three rounds, there's still pressure to get that point. Maybe yeah, not I mean, final round pressure, but uh, like if it was an elite event, he could have won it, but 
do you think it's the four rounds? I mean, he won Vegas. That's four rounds. So it's not just that. Nope. Or do you think it's that major level? He has the most elite wins nine without a major win in MPO. I, okay. I'm modifying my take a little bit. This is true for every player. Now what I'm about to say, not just Calvin, the field is good enough now that you are not going to win just because you're a good player. You, you have to, on that weekend, do everything better than everybody else. <laughs> That's what winning is. Like, and I just don't think that like we're picking on Calvin because the reason is because he is so good and he's at the top so often. Like He's in those podiums, so it makes it stand out to us more. But what about like Kevin Jones? What about, like, we could pick on every player. Sure, we could pick on Kevin Jones, but like Calvin Heimberg won Jonesboro this year. He won Vegas this year. I'm not even looking at silver events, but he won D glow last year. He won Jonesboro. Again but I think last that highlights year. how good he is and how he can do it. I don't think it necessarily says it's the major. I don't think it's the major. So I, that wouldn't be my take. I, I am, you think it's like the Ricky Wysocki take that if the field's there, all the events are the same that you just beat the field that's there. You don't care about the PDGA tier. I feel like that's true for Calvin, especially that when we ask him, he's about, Hey, you're number one in the world right now. He's like, oh, okay, move on. Let's go. Like, I don't really care. Like, cool. Thanks. I feel like he's either hiding it really well, where I'm actually believing that he doesn't care more that it's a major. I don't know that he actually cares more. It's major, but I do. I don't agree with that take. I think that majors are a higher, more elite, obvious pressure, I think is greater, even if it's the same field. I don't know. I think he's just in this robot. That's why he's called Heimborg. I just think he's a robot and he's just like, Hey, if I'm on, I'm on. All right. To finish this out, two majors left in the year. We have worlds at smuggers notch GMC courses, and we have USDGC for MPO. What are the chances that Calvin Heimberg wins a major in 2023? You right now, absolutely, like 30%. 30% is kind of high, I would say. Like to win a major in MPO, thir- like two chances, 30%, I think would be high. So you're so saying when you say 30% or like 33%, are you saying <clears throat> that there's only three players in your mind that could win it and he's one of them? No, I mean, you could, uh, well, it, it's not like it's equal to two other players. He right. could be double, you know four other players um it's i'm just saying like if you had uh, if it played out a hundred times yeah calvin heimberg would win a major one of the other or both 33 he's, of those times he's he's technically got a 50 50 right he either wins it or he doesn't okay well <laughs> so, yeah i mean no. like 50 percent uh, oh man well it's 50 percent whether no. he wins or not you're right but yeah the likelihood no, of him I, I, winning or not changes. Likelihood <laughs> of actually winning that event. So I just like riling up Evan because it's just funny. Yeah, um, I just I, that was so dumb. I didn't know where to yeah, go. Yeah. So, uh, um, realistically, think, I, I give him a ten to twenty percent chance. I mean, it's still he's obviously high. You think he's obviously it? one of the what's best the players. most amount of money you would bet on whether or not he would win this year. That's a different way I'm looking at it. And in my mind, if, if I was actually doing real cash out on the table right now, I would probably only be, sorry, honey. No, I'd only be willing to put out. If I, if I would bucks, say I would triple your money, I would triple your money. If like, 20 so if you bet bucks, 20 bucks, I will give you uh 60 bucks. Yeah. 20 bucks. I guess that's like, technically 
I'm not I'm willing so bad to odds. I'm not willing to put out more on that. Like if you said Ricky well, or like Paul, it, it depends even on the in odds this day too. and age. Like I would put a little bit more on them, but like, but you wouldn't get paid out as much. Yeah. Like, so, okay. So let's say this, like Paul Macbeth. I, if you, I would double your money with Paul Macbeth, but I would triple your money with Calvin Hyber. I'm well, not, now being it's a different betting. reason to pick a player. I guess that's, that's what we're yeah, trying to figure that's out. That's yeah. where, that's where yeah. I'm getting is it, like, Paul Macbeth, come, like we had three people pick Paul Macbeth for the European Open. Yeah, he DNF, but he was finishing outside the top twenty. Uh, DNF or not, like he just he didn't have it this week. It is what it is. Next major, but it was three people's picks. You guys were so confident with him coming off PCS. I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying how it is. Going into uh, Worlds, where he's won that event six times, he's finished first or second. What was it? Ten, eleven times. I forget what the stat is. Like people are going to have him be his favorite, regardless of what he does into the season. Uh, uh, besides him, like still having an injury, who knows how severe it is. But if he is still injured at that point, that would be the only reason people wouldn't pick up. So if I said I would double your money, if you pick Paul McBeth to win a major, the rest of the year, or I would quadruple your money if Calvin Heimberg did. So you could bet $10, to win 40 or uh, on Calvin Heiberg or 20 to win 40 on Paul McBeth. Like uh, we don't have to say exact things, but I'm trying to paint the picture of like how you would favor people. Like I, I'm actually going to go to the point. I would, I would bet money on Calvin Heiberg being the most favorite, favorite player to win a major. I, if I was being Vegas, I might say Gannon Burr is higher. Um, but I think it's, I think Calvin's got, I think, I think it's going to be there. I, I really do. But you could also say, and this is the fun part of sports and unfortunate part of sports. Like look at the NFL players that could have been the best, but they never had a Super Bowl or like whatever. Like I feel like right now he's kind of in that where it's like people are saying he should, he should, he should. And I'm like, well, let's go to 20 more worlds. Does he win one? There's zero guarantee, but could he have? Absolutely. He could have won probably every single one. So will it happen? Um, you hope so for the guy. Yeah. That's all I'll say. I, and, and it obviously should and could, but that's all, again, sports. You never know what happens. We've seen yeah, a lot well, of crazy I, things in New England that stole things uh, from other people. And uh, it's, yeah. I picked Calvin Heimberg for European Open. I was just as wrong as all of you guys picking Paul McBeth. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, I by the I way, I don't know. I thought I picked Ricky. By the way. Well, you were wrong too. None of yeah. us picked Cariola, so you're all Nick, wrong equally. You're the inside man. So he DNF'd, and the Disc Golf Network said shoulder. Um, like that's what they, you know, shoulder. Hey, withdraw. Yeah. Um, he's traveling now. We can't get him on again or whatever's happening. But do yeah. you have any inside scoop as a buddy? Yeah, it's literally the most wild story in the world. Whoa. Apparently, it's just like a shoulder impingement, impingement, impingement. Yeah, uh, impingement. I think that's what it is. This yeah, is, it's guys. It's a, not actually the most crazy story of the world. It's just a shoulder impingement. I had um, a rotator cuff thing, and I started looking that stuff up. Impingement. Yeah. It, it sounds kind of like, and it's kind of like a pinching of nature. I think yeah. a tendon rubbing. What on I'm kind of hearing of is, you know, very limited range of motion. Um, a lot of the mobility is locked up. That's actually, I think he talked about it a little bit with us and then on other interviews about why his form kind of tweaks throughout the year is kind of somewhat dependent on, you know, is something hurting? How do I make it not hurt for this tournament? Stuff like that. And then from what I've heard is physical therapy is on the schedule for this week to get it further looked at slash help it out. 
and then um so nothing is decided for Ledgetown. It's 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 up in the air. We don't know. Yeah, I think I think it's really not. all up in the air. Um, this was also Ledgetown being in two weeks, not uh, not this week. He, you know, he had just played for what eight weeks in a row, seven weeks in a row with big tournaments, the whole European swing, which you know is is a lot of tournaments back to back to back. It's travel. It's playing practice rounds every single day. It's a lot of disc golf. People get injured through it. Um, it, you know, playing through it, having to adjust form. Um, messes with it, and then it causes other muscles to work harder than they need to, susceptible to more injuries and stuff like that. So anyways, I think it was more, you know, let's not screw myself over more than I need to. I'm going to drop out of this tournament, get it all looked at when I get back down to Florida, and we'll go from there. What I would assume is, and he's done it in the past as well, to where if something's bothering him, he makes a post about it, everyone be ready. You know, I'm sure after he gets it checked out, he'll make a post about it. So, yeah. Uh, other than that, I, I really have nothing more to. Yeah. I kind of say I I actually haven't personally talked to him. So the reason why I bring it up should be obvious: the biggest name in disc golf ever dropping out of a major due to a shoulder injury. It's a big deal. If if yeah. uh, Tom Brady got injured, we'd want to know about it too. So, I, I yeah. think. Hopefully, all I'm trying to say is hopefully it's nothing too great. It didn't seem yeah. like it. it's carrying a bag around. And I'm not saying that it means a yeah. fake injury. I'm just saying it's nothing too serious for his normal life, for his career. Yeah. He made the choice to do that. And that's what it is. Yeah. I, and I, the you recovery need to respect time will the be player's quicker decision. Than, yeah. The recovery time yeah. will be quicker than Paige Pierce's injury, we all assume. She actually is yeah. scheduled for surgery tomorrow now. Oh, um, that would be the Tuesday after next Tuesday. Oh, yeah. We talked to her last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next Tuesday, I think that's what she said. Um, so well, wish it to her as well, which it, will likely yeah. be a longer. Absolutely recovery. to her. Um, real quick on the shoulder impingement thing. It's it's from what I know. Again, I had a shoulder issue this year, and I thought maybe that's part of it. I just looked it up again. It could be a few weeks. It could be physical therapy, fifteen minutes a day on his own for a week or two, and like you can feel better. Uh, you can get to a place where eventually it's it's not an issue per se. So I don't see it as being permanent, but right now it's something he's working on. It, yeah. it must be weird, Paul. And I'm talking to Paul because he does listen to our show every now and then. It must be weird to hear people talk about you like this, um, but it's part of the nature. Uh, yeah. of what you <laughs> It's do. not the first time. I mean, if he's not used to it by now, he might not yeah. ever be. Well, I'm sure he's uh, used to it, but, but it's um, still gotta be like, <laughs> I don't know. Don't it's know one of those things where about. like, yeah, uh, a lot of the players, I mean, look at, Look at Eagle, look at Ricky, look at Paul, players who have been in the game. I'll say Paul and Ricky have been in the game for a really long time now, been competitive at the top for so long. They both have massive contracts. Ricky was dealing with wrist injuries this year, played tournaments, backed out of them, dropped tournaments because of the injury. Uh, you're going to see it out of every player, especially the ones potentially who do make a lot of money and who have signed contracts for a long time to where – it's better to take off this tournament, maybe the next two or three tournaments. I like, I'd rather see those players. If it's Ricky or if it's Paul, you know, I'd rather Paul say, okay, well, I'm going to drop this tournament. I'm going to get PT. So I'm going to skip Ledgestone. I'm going to skip Ida Wild, And, you know, let's say Deeglo even. Well, because I want to fully prep for worlds and make sure that my body's good for that. I mean, that's what, that's what Paul's legacy is built on is the world titles. Everything else after that is kind of just a bonus. Well, and I think the same thing. Yeah, I just see the chat and this is like the fifth time I'm interacting with them tonight. <laughs> I think it's a 
this is no offense to the chat, like what they're saying or what somebody's saying here, but I think it's a, I think it's a way too far of a take. And I was going to say horrible, but that's just me inflaming the issue. <laughs> it's a take that I think is too far stretched to say that he would, and I'm assuming what you mean by protecting it means your rating. I do not believe that the players at that level, like as a fun interest they care about their reigning but i do not believe at that level that they actually care yeah. oh my goodness i'm gonna shoot i think the last chance. the like, last, last thing, thing that they care about is a friggin' rating and no, honestly a no lot of players player. don't even exactly. care about the world ranking in the sense of right. we have so many systems out there that are calling one player this one player that and realistically it that's the aspiring it, who's, 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 who's who's the number one player in the world right now who's ranked number one calvin heimberg yeah. across most world rankings and Calvin Heimberg hasn't won a tournament in six weeks in a row, six oh, tournaments in a row, than that. Uh, seven April, tournaments in Jones a row. Barrel. But I just, so, I mean, we're talking like uh, the players, you, you can be the, what was Corey? Let's say the 20th ranked player in the world. And he just went out and won a freaking major. Like uh, it, uh, that don't, mindset, they don't love and it. And I do not know the chatter here at all. I'm assuming the name is Zach based off of the username, but, and so this is not me judging on you at all, not even knowing you just by a username in the chat, but that mindset is an amateur mindset and an aspiring, maybe just coming on the scene, local pro mindset. They're like, this matters because I need to get sponsor attention and all that stuff. When you're at this top, top, top level, you're not looking at your round going, oh my goodness, my rating's going to drop. So I'll drop. Like, I don't believe it. Um, I will say that I did question like you at times over the years, even with Ricky at Texas States, right? Was it Texas States? Yeah. Where he dropped out with like two holes left. And you're like, Couldn't why? Be Texas States. That man's won Texas States like 50 Wait, years in a row. Was it? No, it was the new event. The uh, Open at Austin. No, Open at Austin. Is that? Um, yeah. Yes. I'm like, yeah. you question, you're like, dude, there's two <laughs> holes left. Evan and I both like lit up. We're like, not Texas States. Yeah. <laughs> two, he did not play that this year. It was That's this right. year. Two holes yeah. left. And you're like. Everything goes through your mind to be like, yeah. how could you not finish two holes? And Brody Smith, yeah. I don't know if it's related to it at all, but he makes a post about his issues with his back and how he kept playing through it with so many holes left, and I did it. He didn't say Paul Macbeth. It seems like it. It makes for a good story to have this back and forth. But, man, if you're actually injured, you're dumb to keep playing. Dumb. Like it doesn't even make sense to keep playing. Like yeah. to play through it yeah. is dumb unless it's the World Series I'll, I'll, I'll or say the this Super really Bowl or it's the biggest climax of your life. Like the bloody sock, Kurt Schilling in the Red Sox final game of the World Series. Like the otherwise, like it's you drop out if you're injured. You don't play through it. Wait, I want to say something quick. Zach yeah. P underscore oh, DG. Yeah, I understood say. it as you were saying, protect your health. And he was I think Paul. most of Sorry, us, I, use the I think Zach. most of us I, got hey, it that way as well. I didn't give the full username. Sorry, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough when you're reading it, uh, sarcasm, everything like that. You Protecting can't always tell what it. someone's talking about. But anyways, it I was understood his shoulder. it as you were talking about. Zach, health. then I agree with yeah. you. It was yeah, his it, shoulder, not it as in his rating. <laughs> Matt, I <laughs> that's funny. I, I do. I think you've said it perfectly is that's an amateur mindset. Like if we were if we were playing a, a PDGA round and, and Ben with two holes left, you know, rolls his ankle and he's like, I can't finish. I'd be like, Ben, come on, just finish. Stop it. Uh, not that Ben would do that. I am throwing him under the bus here, but it, it's a, a switch you have ankles. to make. 
for these. That's okay. Yeah, it's a switch you have to make for the this level. Ratings um, come to our if, minds as amateurs. I it was the, my round. Not like, even ratings, but just finishing around. Yeah, uh, yeah, just all of it. Finishing <clears> around <throat> the spirit of it. That's it's all different. It's a different mindset for this level. It, but it's also the scenario. Paul Macbeth was, I don't know his exact place. He was 30 something. It means literally nothing if he finishes 30th or now he finished 75th because he DNF'd uh, after the cut. Literally zero difference to his legacy. But if he's going for the win, which I think we can pretty easily just mention 2022 Worlds, he had that nasty calf injury. I mean, it was all bruised up and whatnot. Uh, you saw videos of it. Was it on uh, on tour in the offseason or? Paul Macbeth just had a YouTube video. I forget where I saw it, but it was nasty. He played through that injury because it was a career defining moment to win a sixth world championship. No, like no injury is going to stop him from doing that unless it's career ending. Um, so if this show, if he was in a lead card and was two strokes behind the lead, I think he might have pushed through it. You know, like Nick was saying, it might mess with your form, but if it's worth overcoming, but when you're in that 30th position, I mean, it, it, he he was where he was. No discredit there. It just he he fell out and it wasn't his tournament. The it, tournament was over once he's in thirtieth. I was just gonna matter. say that's a does great does not matter. That's a great just point too. That's a great point too. I was gonna say hey, even if it's the World Series and in our case the World Championships, he only does it if he's in first or second. He has a chance to win. He keeps playing. He doesn't drop then. Yeah. But yeah, if he's in fiftieth, he drops. It just people say well, it's because he was in fiftieth that he chose to drop. You're kind of right. Because he's out of it. Like, but so why keep pressing through a pain or an injury? I, I don't think it is what some people are thinking. Like, I've done it. I've done it before, too. That a player chooses to that, drop out of the bad performance. You said that bloody sock reference. Kurt Schilling is not pitching with that injury. He's not getting that yep. shot or whatever he got into his ankle. He's not pitching for a June day game. Like, he's literally just not. He's sitting at home or, or in the locker room doing nothing. Or what if they were down, like, but, 18, 18 runs? It, yeah, like he's, he's like he's he's out he's not going to keep pitching yeah. literally baseball teams put in position players in playoff games if they're losing by 10 all right bucks. someone like, wants it, us to talk about how bad paul was playing before the injury shout out to daniel i'll i'll, I'll say on. this i mean i was actually just because i've been scrolling through the chat as you guys have been talking about kurt schilling's bloody sock <laughs> um if you notice a tournament or two ago also someone said my volume was really loud again wow you Is must it, be yelling does it sound loud to you guys no <laughs> yeah huh? quiet down over there yeah um, i'll right, adjust I'll it later for our bit. audio listeners as i yeah. always do the live experience sometimes oh, can be tough. i didn't realize i was loud tonight anyways um if you look at the last two or three tournaments you can notice the form changes that he does do in those tournaments so i'm assuming that during this tournament is not when he injured his shoulder and i'm also speaking from what i think i haven't asked him about it i haven't asked hannah about it i'm assuming that this is an injury that maybe either you know, kind of came back or happened a few weeks ago. And it's just now at, you know, happening. I, I don't know. At the same time, I, I don't think it's something that just randomly happened during this tournament, but I could be completely wrong, but that's just my take on it. Okay. Um, I think my take coming into tonight and we're late now on this show <laughs> is this round was not as bad as you think it is. And people are going to be like, whoa, dude, you're a big Paul Macbeth fan. I, I am a fan, but I remember watching this thinking how many basket uh, cut through, spit outs, fallouts, whatever it was going, man, those rounds would not have looked that way if those putts 
stuck. Now, that yeah. sounds like the mindset of a loser. I get it. I, he's not the one saying that. I'll say it for him because when I was watching, I was like, I mean, commentary, everybody's like, whoa, like that was like that should have been in like absolutely. And people started complaining about the baskets yeah. again. So, I mean, it's a whole talk. Everybody had to play with them. But if you go back yeah. and look at the round, his rounds would not have been that, quote, bad. So I don't think it was a, a horrific performance. I think the results look worse than what it actually was. That's my take. It, I, I got to say one last thing, too. I mean, this it, it, I don't mean this harshly, but it's a little bit the Paul of current day where we see the greatness, but we also we see some bad rounds. He's not invincible. He's not going to shoot 100 percent of his rounds pretty good or better like he he just has some bad rounds now. I think it's just where it's at. He's still figuring out things. He might be, again, has this injury. It might've been affecting him. Then there's things that are overcoming. He's not perfect. Uh, just at this current stage, we're going to see a little bit of mix of things. He's not washed yeah. up because of one round. He we, just won an elite event last the week before. Yeah. Uh, we saw that we know we can do it. It's just, you can't, it's not a given which one you're going to see or anywhere in between. It's like when we were watching kind of prime Tom Brady, it's like, whoa, he just threw an interception. What's going on with him? What's what the hell is happening? Like, is he yeah. hurt? Is it like, dude, people make mistakes. People aren't always going to be the greatest. We are all screwed by father time. Everyone gets older and there's no stopping that. Our bodies. And he's still pretty young too. over time. He's still pretty young. He's Don't what? Get me 31, wrong, 32, time, three. Like every single time we go out in disc golf, three. we have a chance. Huh? He's 33. 33. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, um, it's yeah. still young. Don't get me wrong. That's and like, like old for, for soccer. And that's yeah, it. for a majority of our sports. It's still pretty young, but at the same time, you've been doing something for 16 years, every single week in a week out with not taking an insane amount of breaks, your body here and there is going to take some beatings to it. I mean, like every single time we all go out into a disc golf course, we have a chance of getting injured and I'm not trying to make excuses for, you know, whether it's my play or Paul's play or anything like that. He's played more bad rounds this year than I think I could ever like think of in previous years where I'm just like, Whoa, what, like what the hell was that? A 991 rated round or like a thousand five rated round. I'm like, dude, that's insane. Like that's, I, I consider that a good round. And he's like, that's awful. So, <laughs> Um, it look, it happens. We were spoiled with such incredible disc golf for so long that every so often we're going to see some bad shots and some bad rounds. It is what it is. People get injured. Shit sucks. <laughs> but but um, we've made it because we've, but made it. we've made it. Yeah, I'm going to um, try not to talk too loudly, I guess. No, I fixed I it shout on out our whole, side, but yeah. we'll, we'll work on that. It's because you're back in All this right. room now, I think. Uh, maybe it's the echo. Yeah, um, the echoey basement of the porch. Anyways, I want to shout out the huge <laughs> Kinder Crusher crew up in Maryland. They ran an A-tier this past weekend that I had the pleasure of playing. Super fun course. ton of volunteer work went into it. I didn't play great. I had a great time, though. And got to see so many people that are fans of the show and just awesome disc golfers. So shout out to the whole Kinder Crusher crew. Saw some of my friends from Massachusetts as well. It was incredible. Y'all, it is internet. Oh, yeah. boy. Tell someone you love them, I think, is what he's going to say. Wait. I'm going to give him another few seconds to come uh, back in because he's saying worst, something special. So I'm going to let him say it. We lost Thank you, Nick. Worst, uh, worst possible timing for that to happen, but I should be good the rest of that. Anyways, Kinder Crusher crew, you guys were incredible. Everybody, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, but especially subscribe to the YouTube channel. We have a massive giveaway going on right now. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We also have a 48-hour giveaway going on right now that someone is randomly going to get some awesome goodies. You got to subscribe. You have to be subscribed to the YouTube channel. So please subscribe make a bunch of fake accounts and subscribe pick the right hour pick the right hour to subscribe in the next 48 hours pay me 50 dollars and i'll tell
tell you the hour to subscribe. <laughs> anyway, I'll do it forty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thirty. <laughs> anyway, uh, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in on an awesome Monday night. Tell some of you love them this week. We will catch you in the next one, dude. Everyone's cool. Uh, appreciate the chat, Zach. Serious shout out to you, dude. I misread your comment. You're great, dude. I'm, I, I can see the comment now and the way you wrote it. That's awesome. Ben, you're awesome. Nick, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Till next week, everyone. Peace out. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find the Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.